This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Ah, good morning, boys and girls. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard. It is a beautiful Monday. It is a blessed Monday because we're here. And uh, every day that we're here is an absolute blessing and hope uh, all of you are well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. I know I had a great weekend myself watching a uh, little sports depressed on how mediocre our winter teams are. Uh, had a good time yesterday watching the Super Bowl. That was actually a really, really good game and a uh, proper finish uh, to the game. We'll get into that, obviously, on the show. Uh, we got to talk uh, a lot of Super Bowl stuff. I guess we'll talk uh, some Rihanna. Um, we'll talk a little Miami Heat as uh, they played two very uninspiring games over the weekend. Uh, what else? Uh, the Panthers talk about uninspiring. They also uh, did not perform over the weekend. Uh, what else? What else do we have? More UFOs? Yes. Uh, love it. I mean, I'd rather have the UFO band actually touring around. That would be good. But uh, we've got other kind of UFOs. We got a bunch of NFL news. Uh, Tua uh, on, uh, on, this, on the uh, show today. We got to talk a little bit about Tua and his uh, Super Bowl interview week. We'll go over that. So we got a bunch of stuff. Some music news. Some big music news broke yesterday. Also got a, got a very interesting KSDT CPA sports business report. Got some MBA stuff to talk about. Got our show, which, by the way, again, we will be on the road. Uh, we um, Let's see. You know you can catch us at Acura twice a month. You can catch us at Hialeah Park. Every Thursday, right? Uh, you can catch us at Canesware right here. Canesware, the spot where Miami fans shop. You can catch us there also uh, once a month, once every two months, somewhere around there. Over at Canesware with uh, Jeff and the boys. And you'll catch us three times. We're going to be at the Youth Fair, the Miami-Dade Youth Fair. So we will be there. It's March 16th through the through april 19th uh in fact they've got a sale going on now uh through valentine's day uh two admissions two unlimited rides 64 dollars so uh take advantage of that it's actually a really really good deal we will be uh, giving away some passes okay so you can get in and stuff like that so uh stay tuned here on the show and then we'll tell you exactly where we're going to be broadcasting uh three times during the month of uh, March and April over at the Dade County Youth Fair or the Miami Dade Youth Fair, all of that. Uh, we will be on the co we will be at the NFL Combine later on this month. We take off on the twenty eighth. We'll be back on the fourth of March, so we'll be out there for several days, having some fun and uh, gathering some information. We'll be working the evenings. The show will be normal at 10 a.m. like normal, okay? Uh, nothing will change because the time slot doesn't change. And the good thing is for me, during, during the combine, what people don't realize is my work is really done more late in the afternoon and the evening 
Uh, so during the day that I do the show, it doesn't bother me. I can just get up and do my show, uh, hang out with the uh, Sean like we do every day and uh, and do the show and, and rock out. So we do our thing every single day on the platform. So it'll be nice and easy for me on the show. Uh, we'll be uh, at our uh, at our Airbnb broadcasting live because uh, I'm, I'm not going to Radio Row over there. I did it uh, several years ago for the last time, and uh, I was so disappointed. They gave us very few people, and it was like, so you want me to pay all this money for the phone line, and you're just going to give me three, four people in the entire Get the hell out of here, you know, and I'm there broadcasting it. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, I'd rather, you know, just and I could get people on anyway through StreamYard and all that stuff if I really felt like it. So it's not a big deal, you know, overall. So we will be hitting the road, uh, covering the combine for you and uh, and covering the um, uh, youth fair, actually. So that'll be really cool uh, that we'll get to go to the youth fair a place that uh, I've been to many, 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 many times. I've already been told, uh, Sean, be ready. They're going to attack us with all kinds of food items. Okay. So, yeah, their thumbs up, of course. There we go. <laughs> it's, I, I can't, and you know, fair food is just awesome. So I, I can't wait to, uh, to see what they bring to us and, uh, and the kind of things that you can go to the fair and try. Because, I mean, I'm at a point now where I really don't ride much anymore. I just kind of walk around, you know, see the people, you know, go dunk the clown a couple times. Because, you know, I, I got to do that. If any fair that I go to and, you know, the dude is talking crap and, uh, you know, I got to go over there and, you know, buy a couple of baseballs and dunk them a couple times. No, not once. We dunk them at least a couple times. So, you know, that kind of stuff. So we'll have some fun, you know, doing that. So uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today uh, on the show. And I look forward to seeing some of you at the youth fair. Okay. You know, I, I would hope that some of you come on out and, and visit us. Okay. And two at times already saying squirrel squared circle digest tomorrow. Yes. Right. Right. Sean tomorrow is the, yes. I got another thumbs up the return of the squared circle digest. And uh, the other thing uh, Sean and I were talking about, and, and he made a good point. Uh, we're going to now also separate church and state here and all crypto stuff will be on the crypto show from now on. Okay. So we will uh, kind of piece it away from this show. So, and, and you're not going to wait till Saturday. I'm going to do crypto shows now throughout the week. Uh, when I see that there's enough material and I see things are going on and there's newsy stuff and it might be a short segment. It might be seven minutes. It might be 12 minutes. It might be 45 like it was this weekend. And uh, we gave you our selections. Not that we're financial advisors by any stretch whatsoever. We're, you know, not, not we just, I'm just some guy that likes crypto. That's all. Cause I can't throw Sean in there. Cause he's not the one, you know, giving any, any opinions, but we are just, entertainment and information we are not for financial advice that you need to seek a professional but uh yeah so we're we're gonna do that too so you know i'm gonna take the crypto talk out of the show and that will go with the crypto show so that way all that material can be found in one place so if you want to then find out about it there you go and i'm already gathering 
information as we speak for the next show. It might be this afternoon. It might be tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you just never know. Just hit that uh, notification bell so you can uh, so you can catch it. What what time does the show debut tomorrow? Seven o'clock, I think. I'm re- eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. I see. I see tree there. I was. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was a tree or a two, and it was a tree. So, uh, so eight o'clock Eastern, we always have to, we have to throw the time zone in there to remind people because we have so many people watching and downloading all over the world in different time zones. So you always want to remind them that it's Eastern time. So that way they can adjust if they're not in the same time zone. Also, uh, Frankie says, guys, if UFOs are coming, we are okay. As long as we have Will Smith. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, or Michael Shanker, however you want to look at it, you know. Um, if the UFOs are coming, I want them to use their superior medical technology to heal Tua and augment his body to where he makes Mahomes look like a bum. I'll sacrifice myself for those experiments. So Nyborg is going all in and hoping. You know, can I say something? I, I nobody has talked about with the UFOs. Just one thing. Just one thing. I just want to say one thing. The when when the everybody, you know, some well, not everybody, but some people were complaining about it, you know, letting it go across the country. And, you know, now they're shooting it off the coast already right away before it gets into anything. But, you know, shooting it over the country, I one thing nobody's ever mentioned, what if they're afraid that there might be chemicals inside? And then you shoot it and then forget about the, the the ginormous piece landing if it lands on somebody, a house or whatever, the damage it could cause. But what about if there was any kind of chemical inside of it? So shooting it over the ocean was still the better idea just in case. Now, all the other ones, we have no idea where they came from. We know the first one was Chinese. We'll find out about the rest. But wow, dude, it's just like, so how many years has this been going on? You know, because obviously they they don't take care of top secret documents, right? Because, you know, come on, look at all these guys. You know what I'm saying? Look, look what's going on with with Pence and, and Biden. You know, it's like these guys look, oh, I, I guess I forgot I took them home or whatever. You know what I mean? The other guys just evil. But uh, but, you know, it's like we don't take care of our top secret documents. But, you know, so why would we be taking care of the. What is it called now? Middle space now is what they're calling it. The battle for middle space. Yeah, weird, weird stuff, man. Weird stuff. What can I tell you? Anyway, uh, do you have a hairstylist in in studio? Very fresh. No, it's just fresh from showering. So it hasn't I didn't dry it. So it's still wet. (laughs) That's it. There's there's no there's no nothing behind it whatsoever. It's just still wet. No styling, no nothing, just wet. That's it. And it hasn't tried. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like, uh, you know, blow drying the damn hair today, you know. So Brian says, crypto show was great on Saturday. Very informative. Thank you. And we're trying to keep it in a way where it's early stages for people that want to learn about crypto and that kind of stuff. I'm not treating people, not that I'm some kind of expert either, by the way. But not that I'm at not that I'm talking at least at least a little bit more advanced to where I'm at now. 
in, in other words. I'm not doing it like that and treating everybody like that. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to scale it down and, and, and help the people that are new to it and help them get started if they're interested in it, of course. You know, and then, of course, do your homework so you can find out more about it. Uh, and Jamie is correct. Please smash the hell out of that like button. It is very, very important that you smash the hell out of the like button, man. Thank you. And thank you all for if you haven't caught the uh, crypto show, it's there. Uh, we uh, put out a couple of extra segments out of it, uh, talking about the impact of of Bitcoin and, and how it's taking how it's actually being mass adopted in many places and then the other uh, segment that we put out was uh, coins that i think are incredible bargains okay uh also there for you too so um you got that all right uh we got ira winderman gonna join us at 10 30 we got um cam wolf uh gonna join us also at 11 30 so we'll have a little fun uh with uh with those guys too all right, what else do we have? Um, first of all, let's start off with the game. And let me get to the, obviously, the top controversy of them all, which is the penalty at the end by James Bradbury. And let, let me explain something where I, 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 you know, we get to a point where you can't have your cake and eat it too. Oh, it's the end of the game. You can't make that call there. Well, yeah, you can make that call there because the guy committed two penalties. He held them not once. We Let's go LeBron. Not once, not twice. He held them twice. Two times he slowed the guy down. Two times he committed penalties. So then what are we supposed to do? Oh, we have to lay the burden on the referee. Oh, you can't call that now. Well, wait a minute, dude. So that's what you're saying. Yeah, Bradbury's like, well, I, you know, I was hoping he was going to swallow the whistle. Oh, oh, so you want to get away with the penalty with two penalties, so they don't call it. That that that's your that's your idea, James, of of proper football. No, that's called cheating. That's what that's called. That's cheating. You cheated twice on the same play, and then. Oh, wait a minute. Typical of this, you know, generation and things that go on. Let's not be held accountable for our actions. Too bad, so sad, man. And the referee had to make the call because if you want to do it the other way, if you don't make the call, then that could have been a touchdown because his ass was burned. And this ain't you and me. You hold the guy like that twice, that's four or five yards. Those people are fast. A lot faster than you and I will ever be. And Bradbury knew it that he was beat. And they had done that that in-cut to the back out again a couple times in the game on different kinds of routes. In fact, they scored a touchdown on one of them. That it was on the right side. Same kind of play. We cut back out and went back in and... And he had him right away. He juked him. And this is the problem that I have with all of this, is that too conveniently, the people complaining are the same ones that probably if they were rooting for the other team or whatever, they would be complaining that the call wasn't made. 
and it's irresponsible by the referee. Oh, well, you can't make that call there. Why can't you make that call there when you make such an obvious penalty? James Bradbury committed the penalty twice. Not once, twice. Okay? I, I, I Oh, yeah, I tugged on. No, no, buddy, you tugged twice. So maybe you get away with it if you do it just once. But you did it twice. And that's what I saw. That's what the referee saw. That's what the world saw. And you saw a clear-cut penalty. And for those of you, well, oh, it happens all the time. Well, then don't put yourself at risk. You know, there's a cop on the side of the road. And the speed limit is 55. But everybody does 65. But if the cop feels like stopping you at 65, too effing bad, dude. You're speeding by 10 miles over the speed limit. Oh, but everybody does 65 nowadays. Everybody. Well, no, I mean, it's 65. They let you do 70, 75. What, what's going on? Oh, they stop. Well, dude, you're speeding. You put the decision in the police officer's hands. Now, he or she has to say, well, they're speeding. What do I do? You did it, right? But this time you were speeding and you were changing lanes erratically a little bit. That's like you held, but you held twice. So now you put the you put it there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, when you're a kid, your mom tells you, you can't mess with this. And then you go and mess with it. And then you get your ass kicked. Well, I know some of you wussies that grew up in the last 10, 15 years, you don't even know what that is. But but normally back in the day, then you get your ass kicked. And then you're crying. Oh, well, yeah. but, but didn't they tell you not to mess with that? Yeah, but, you know, I, I've messed with other things before. Yeah, no, but they told you this time not to mess with it, right? You, again, right? And you did it, right? So you put yourself at risk. And this time, well, your parent was a little pissed off that you messed with it because you did something extra to it. And you got your ass kicked. Bing, bang, boom, pow, shoes, chancletas, slaps, aviones, whatever it is. Brooms. Latin Latin households. By the way, I was just fine. I got my ass beat several times. I grew up just fine. We're good. Enough. Enough already. If you don't want it to happen, don't put it in that person's hands. So if you thought, well, it's medley. You know, it said 35 miles an hour. I'm doing 42. He's not going to stop me. Bro, he's stopping me for 42 miles. An hour. Well, did you see it said 35? No, but it's only 42 miles an hour. I'm not going that fast. It's 35, right? There's a reason why it's 35. There, it's it's residential. There's a school. There's a nursery over here. There's a couple of businesses. There's a golf course that you got across. We like it at 35 in this area. There's a lot of traffic. We got a YMCA. We got a golf. We got this. We got that. Some of you are going, is he talking about Springs or Medley? 
you want to put it in some people's hands, then when you commit the infraction, okay, don't be surprised if the teacher gives you, writes you up, if your parent kicks your ass, if your boss fires you, if the cop gives you a ticket, if the referee throws a flag. You committed the infraction. Now you've put yourself at risk. What happens? And that's what happened to James Bradbury. You committed the infraction not once, but twice. So at that point, now you made it so obvious, you put the referee on the spot on national television in front of everybody. And, and guess what? You can't tell him that's not a penalty. So it's really easy for him to make the call. There, there's no, like, for me, the Goddard catch was complete bullshit. He did not have control of it. By the time he trapped it with his out, he only had one foot in. That was a bogus-ass call. But, see, we can argue about that one. There's no argument here. The guy held twice. I'm a little tired that I am writing and I'm reading, I'm reading some of the stuff or, or, or hearing people talk about, well, no, he held. No, he held twice. I, I, I hope that people would mention it more often. Not one, but two. Sorry. You put, the, you put yourself in that position, and the referee did the easiest call he could make in the entire world because it was an obvious double foul. And since it was an obvious double foul, it's super simple to actually throw the flag. And that's the only way you could do it. Because if you don't throw the flag, then it looks even worse. So we'll all, we'll all live with it. Some of you, I guess, lost a bet or whatever. Some of us won, by the way. Oh, and by the way, your thank you also, you're, 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 you're welcome on the Houston game. Heat favored by 11 on Friday. You're also welcome for that victory also. Although the, um, the Magic game, they were favored only by a point and a half. That one was more realistic. You know, that finally I saw a line. I was like, well, okay, now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now, I, the last time they played the Magic, it was like five and a half, six and a half. And I said, no, you got to take the Magic. And sure enough, it was a win. But uh, the one on Saturday, we didn't get to talk, but I probably, I, I did not. I would not have taken uh, the magic on that one. So, uh, and the heat needed overtime. Pathetic. You barely beat a, uh, a Rockets team and you get by the magic in overtime. I mean, this is a mediocre, mediocre team, uh, this heat team. Crazy stuff. Christian, thank you for the love and the super chat. Uh, after watching the game, I'm asking myself, even with the healthy tour, can we compete with these teams for a championship? I want to say yes, your opinion. If healthy, yes. Hell yeah, they can compete with the, with these teams. But the team has to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Miami's chances for sure. I have no problem with that. But again, the team has to be healthy. You got to get everybody healthy. 
you know, to go up against those kind of those kind of teams, man. Um, but you know, uh, we we'll, we'll never know until they're actually they actually put themselves in, in that position. Uh, what else do we have here? Big O, what'd you think of Hertz' performance? I thought he was terrific, man. Thought he was fantastic. I'm, you know, I don't know what more you want from the kid. He went 27 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. I know he had to fumble, unfortunately. He ran 15 times for 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Um, he made the throws he had to make, you know, overall. I, I I can't necessarily blame the kid. You know what I mean? I don't know what more you want really from him. Hey, that big bad defense for the Eagles, they didn't get a sack. After getting four billion sacks on the season, that Kansas City offensive line, to me, that was a real MVP. I know you have to give it to Mahomes and you know he's bionic and Dude, on that ankle, he was pulling away from people on that run. How crazy was that? The man was pulling away from, like, don't you have a high ankle sprain? Boy, that, that shit is shot up, dude. <laughs> There's no doubt he's got that leg shot up, man. Holy moly. Wow, that is impressive. He's got that shot up. Man, he was running with the kind of energy you have when you when you get Nature B every day in your system and you get those two golden capsules. Uh, by the way, Nature B, highlighting libido, allergy relief, uh, less stress, uh, muscle recovery, added energy, boosting that immune system, fuller hair, stronger nails. Only 85 cents a day right now, folks. 200 day supply right now or a 200 cap supply i'm sorry that's 100 days for 85 dollars. that's 85 cents but guess what we are now going to give you something free that's right a free manuka honey lip balm for free so get on there use our code big o go to naturebee.com slash big o that's naturebee.com slash big o make sure you go to that right there so you can get the deal 85 cents a day 100 days plus the lip balm is for free and if you're living in these uh, colder areas or areas that are dry where your lips can you know get affected you're going to love this lip balm it is just absolutely awesome and for 85 cents a day to protect your immune system in a virus filled world go to naturebee.com slash big o to take advantage of it many reasons to try it and find out why i've been taking it for over 20 years now, naturebee.com slash big O. Uh, Hunter Butler, thank you, sir, for the love on the super chat. Even if a uh, dude didn't hold, they would have gotten a field goal, then drove back down the field and scored a TD. Uh, their D was non-existent in the second half. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it's, to me, nobody knows what was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So who knows? But the bottom line is he committed the penalty and he was called for for something that he obviously committed twice. Not one, but two times. And you put yourself at risk overall. 
By the way, Philadelphia scored 11 points in the second half. The Eagles scored 24. So there was no guarantee that the that, that Philadelphia was just going to drive down. Philadelphia scored their 24 points in the first half. They got dominated in the second half, and they did not finish drives in the second half. And by the way, I thought also Andy Reid screwed up with the prior touchdown for not going for two points. You had to make it a two-score game there. Instead, you kept it at eight, and they went back and tied it. And I would have gone for it because either way, you were going to kick the field goal and take the lead anyway. So it didn't matter. But I would have gone for the two and made it a two-score game instead of a one-score game uh, like they did. I thought that was actually the mistake that Andy Reid made. You had to – I give Sirianni a lot of credit. He stayed aggressive. He kept going for it on fourth down. Uh, he, he kept setting himself up to go for it on fourth down. I mean, credit to him. You got to give him, you know, the credit. But to assume – they only scored three points in the third quarter, and then they got their one touchdown in the fourth quarter. The Eagles weren't necessarily moving the ball at will in the second half. They were actually falling short a lot in the second half. Uh, KC was the one dominating with 24 points, you know, in the second half. So to me, I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't say that it was a, it was an automatic thing, you know. So, uh, yes, the KC did have two defensive touchdowns. That's how it goes. And not only that, the special teams, they got outplayed everywhere. The return by, by, uh, by Tony all the way down to what the five yard line or whatever you gave, you gave Mahomes a gift right there. They got outplayed period, man. You know, the, like I said, the big, bad Philadelphia Eagles defense is zero sacks. How are you going to win that game if you weren't going to pressure Mahomes? Do you remember the last time Mahomes lost the Super Bowl? It's because he got pressured. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little basketball. Let's switch gears. Ira Winderman and our Acura Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. Here's Ira Winderman. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. There he is. How you feeling, Ira? You feeling good? Winning streak. I figured you might not yell at me today, so it's oh, a winning please. streak. Those are two shitty wins. Two you crappy teams. The, the, the fact that they struggled to beat those crappy teams, it's embarrassing, dude, please. I know, a win on. is never embarrassing. A win uh, is uh, never uh, embarrassing. That's, that's fine, but a standard has been set, and you're not even meeting your own standard. Like I've said before uh, lately here, Eric Spolster and that coaching staff save this freaking franchise constantly. That's what they're doing. I, think can't Am, say, I, I think, can't say enough about Eric Spolstra. I think staff. Bam Adebayo is saving the franchise. I think Jimmy Butler is saving the franchise. I think Gabe Vincent lately is saving the franchise. You've got players doing what they need to do. The rotation is very limited. The injuries have mattered no matter what you think of the players who were injured or not going shorthanded. Spolstra being limited with Jimmy Butler's minutes, you know, limitation, playing through the overtime. You know what, Big O, at the end of the year, when you look at the records of the Celtics, of the Bucks, of the 76ers, and anyone who might finish ahead of the Heat, you don't know how they got there, who was injured against them. It's the totality. The Heat is seven games above 500. The Heat, when they won that game on Saturday, 
no matter how they got there, had the eighth best record in the NBA. Look, you might say to me, Ira, the other 22 teams suck. That's not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not impressed with the Heat having, if I'm the Magic, I'm impressed having I the eighth spot the in the I get you know the what I'm saying? There's a, there's a standard, and this team is not even close to meeting, you know, its own standards. You need overtime to beat this Magic team. You need, like, I, I, like I said on Friday, my God, they're favored by 11. The easiest bet is to take the Rockets plus 11. Like, you, 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 that's how that's how mediocre you are. That it's so easy to win money against the Heat because once they're giving a lot of points, they can never cover. It's just, it's it really, it's uh, to me, it's a kind of a sad state where it's at i i hope that when the playoffs start this is a completely different franchise uh when they start because right now it doesn't look like it's something that's going to actually last in the playoffs i you know what the bottom line is again seven over 500 eighth best record in the league after they won the other day nine game home winning streak you take them as you can get them you hope it comes together more the biggest problem is this team can't score when you can't score you're going to play close games because there's not a lot of points to go around that's what they have to address. I hope they address that on the buyout market. But as you've seen, players are so flying the off the board. Point, who, who's the, who's the three-point shooter that you're going to address on the open market? Because that's what you need. Like, I hear people, oh, Russell Westbrook, oh, great, let's add another two-point shooter. not a shooter. And that was yeah. the problem for the Lakers. The three-point shooter are going to address, you might know this name because I know you follow the game relatively closely, Duncan Robinson. At this point, Duncan Robinson recovering from his finger injury. Remember, shooting from that Washington game when he got injured in the shoot-around on, he was playing with four fingers on his shooting hand. Big O, honestly, if you were to ask me what's the Heat's best option for improved three-point shooting, knowing who's out there on the market, whether it's a Will Barton or another player, knowing what you have, I think they have to take another look at Duncan now. Look, he's well, here no anyway. Choice. I mean, they have he's no here. choice. He's under contract. Two reasons for that. One, maybe he hit some threes. Great. They could use him. Two, maybe he hit some threes, and then you can move him in the offseason because he's season. actually hitting threes again. So, again, yeah. I've spoken to you about this. The Heat are not in position where they can showcase players. They have to win games. The number no, five seed is within reach. It could be there as soon as, as Wednesday in Brooklyn. The number four seed against Cleveland is still possible. They're playing for really important stakes right now. But I agree, they do need to upgrade either internally or externally. I do agree with that. A week ago, we were talking trading deadline, came and went. Now we look at buyout deadline. Again, Terrence Ross has already left. He's gone to the Suns. Uh, you, had, you had a chance for a couple of other players. They moved on also. Reggie Jackson, not a big fan of him anyway. He's, he's going to Denver. So you a couple have years ago, a couple of years, four or five years ago, I would have wanted Reggie Jackson. Yes, now. yes. Between Detroit and when he moved to the Clippers and upgraded his game, I'm going to give you a perspective on where the buyout market stands. The 76ers today reached an agreement with Dwayne Dedman. That tells you where the buyout market stands. You're not shooting for the for the fences on something like this. No, I know. I know. I know. It's just, unfortunately, you've got a team that is poorly constructed. It's not built for today's NBA. It's built more for the 90s, more than today's NBA. And it's kind of an uphill battle for them. And now you're holding hope for a guy that, you know, lost his starting spot. I don't know if he's lost his mojo right. or whatever. And, and then it, it also becomes another another uh, detriment when you put him out there because he's going to give up more points or as many as he can possibly score. 
And so that becomes another issue with Duncan Robinson. You're not getting any better either. You try to hide him in the zone. When they were successful, they did. I agree no, with they, you they on one thing, though. They don't have enough defensive players to hide other people. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. And, and if, you are, if you are strong four out of five, you can hide that guy. And that's but what they did before. Strong two out of five. And that's what they did before. When they still had P.J. Tucker and they were defensive-oriented a little bit more in the starting lineup, you could put Duncan in there, play a zone, and make it work. With Tyler Hero playing 36 minutes a game right now, you have to hide two guys. Sometimes you have to hide three guys. That's been the problem. The thought is defensively, when Victor Oladipo comes back, He's been very good with his hands, getting steals, yeah. mucking things up a little. That'll help you defensively late in games. Even the size of Omar Yurtsevin, just to secure the rebounds. We know he's a rebounder. That'll help. It's interesting. For as but, much but as also, you know what? You know what's unfair that we're doing a yurt? He's a youngin, dude. Now we're yes. gonna now the, the guy's trying to come back from an injury. Now we're also going to put expectations on a youngin who really has yet to prove that he can do it on a consistent basis. He flashed it for us six for weeks. a short time as a it's young guy. Weeks. But, mm. yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just that that's a little unfair to your too, man. No, but, that, but, but you know what? But that's, that's also – he's also going to be an impending free agent. So he's playing for something real. So you know yeah. what? As crazy as the NBA is, and you're right, Big O, he's a young player who's unproven. Some team's going to throw him $8 million in the offseason. That's no, a crazy I, I, world I, I he has talent. There's no doubt yes. he's got so, talent. Yeah, so I you like have it. to see what you have. So the bottom line is, if the Heat are getting Duncan Robinson back, if the Heat are getting Victor Oladipo back, if the Heat are getting the season debut of Omar Yurtsevin, they at least have something to grasp on to get better and to move up. I mean, right now, honestly, I like the team that Brooklyn has as far as young, scrappy guys with Mikhail Bridges, you know, Cam Johnson they brought over, Joe Harris shooting, uh, Nick Claxton. But the Heat should be able to push past them in the seeding race. And you know what, Big O? If they get to a 4-5 or five with the Cavaliers, it's a lot better than playing the Celtics. It's a lot better no, than playing the Bucks. Definitely. It's a lot yeah. better than playing the Sixers. They can win a round. They can get to the second round. Once you get to the final eight, you know what? There's a lot worse places you could be in the NBA. If you're asking me this, and I understand it, Big O, are the Heat a championship contender this season? Oh, no, not even no. close. But no. you're not a championship contender in every season. There's no team. Look at the Warriors. The Warriors won a championship and might not make the playoffs this year. That's the parody that we've seen for years in the NFL. We're seeing it right now with the NBA. Is there a super team in the NBA? Well, maybe the Suns become that. Maybe the Celtics continue this run. Maybe Milwaukee. Maybe Denver, who the Heat face tonight. But it's a league that otherwise is wide open. The Heat are part of that. How are the Heat favored tonight against Denver? Well, Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon are questionable. So I think this is one of those injury lines. If you oh, take them, remember, Jamal Murray killed the Heat. In so that, pre-game, they become available. Oh, this, this is going to be a line that's going to move up and down that, you know, depending on who you want to play in tonight's game, it's going to be the timing of when you put your bet in. If you remember the game in Denver, the Heat were competitive. And then the Nuggets, I believe, scored on 18 of their final 21 possessions and Jamal Murray went off. Without Jamal Murray and without Aaron Gordon, they're a one-man team. All of a sudden, you double Jokic a little bit more, you're going to have a higher level of success. So this will be very much of an injury-less game leading up to the 7.30 tip-off. Uh, are we are we going to see Jimmy Butler? This would be his third game in four nights. Yeah, we'll see Jimmy Butler. It's all measured. He played the back-to-back. -back. He was supposed to right, go by agreement, 28 minutes per night. God bless Spo that he didn't do what so many coaches do. Oh, it's only 28 minutes. You're not going to play the overtime. They needed the game. 
Jimmy's fine. He's not that old. He played through. He gets a day off. And I like what Eric Spolster said. After these next two games, the team has eight days off. Give it all you got. These are huge games. Tonight at home against Denver, Wednesday in Brooklyn. Push them to the limit. They'll have a full week to rest and recover as Jimmy bypasses any more overtures for the All-Star game and winds up in Cabo or somewhere for eight days. All right. Yeah, that, that does make sense because you do get eight days, so you might as well push through. But I'm just wondering if Jamal Murray and uh, and um, who's Aaron the Gordon. other one that's Aaron Gordon. Gordon are listed out, do they counter like they did the other day when they, you know, countered, oh, those guys are out? Okay. This guy's out too, and this guy's out not too. Against so the be- just- not against the best team in the Western Conference. You can play the game against the Rockets. You can play that game against the Magic. You can't do it against Denver. The Heat has been wholly unable to stop Nikola Jokic over his career. That's a challenge to itself. Again, you know, it- it- everyone looks at him as more of a finesse center, but he uses his brawn against Bam. And again, you've seen this, Bigo, when you've been to games. Bam looks small against a lot of centers when he's jumping that opening tip. There are still guys who have 20, 30 more pounds on him. So that does wear on him, and yet he shows up every night. He plays hard every night. He's a bona fide all-star. He's helped carry that team. Right now, Bam Adebayo is the Miami Heat's 2022-23 MVP. Yeah, can you imagine Zoe when he played in an era of real centers and most of them outweighed him and most of them were taller than him? Oh, Zoe against yeah. Yao Ming. Zoe against and- Yao Ming, Zoe looked like a point guard. But that's what the Heat have always had, sort of that that feisty kind of guy who is driven to push. It's a harder way to win. And I know as much as you praise Eric Spolstra, and he's one of the all-time greats, the fact is that they're still prioritizing defense. In 2023, I do believe is a little misguided, Big O. I know they always say, if you don't defend, you don't win. The NBA has gone full well, circle. They can't, no, no, but Ira, this team can't score. So it's imperative. No, no, no. I disagree with you. Spo has to force the defensive side because he has no explosion on offense. He doesn't have the luxury of having an offense that can go on a 20 to four run. He doesn't have the offense that has two or three dynamic three point shooters that can just cut a 10 point lead within 65 seconds and multiple possessions. It just does not happen. So Spo has to actually raise the awareness of defense even more because of the detriment of his offense. But Big O, how incredible is it that the Heat are averaging like 108.6 points per game and are last in the league in scoring? You remember a time in Heat Knicks, that would have been the league lead in scoring. The Heat are the only team in the NBA averaging fewer than 110 points. That's insane. You have to keep up with the times. Like you pointed out, how do you keep up with the times? With three-point shooting. If you don't have three-point shooting and you have the best defense in the world, you still can't win because, as you know, you can't trade twos for threes in today's yeah. NBA. They've got yeah. to get three-point shooting somehow, some way. I agree. Russell Westbrook's not going to solve that. Patrick Beverly's not going to solve that. You've got to address that first and then deal with everything else thereafter. Somewhere, somewhere, Doug Moe and Lafayette Lever are going, man, this is our basketball. Yep. We were in the wrong time zone. We had to be in 2023. Come on. Oh, hell, imagine what Paul Westhead is thinking right now when he put no emphasis on defense when he was coaching those Nuggets teams. It didn't work, but at least he tried to bring his Loyola Marymount game. It's a different world On the college level, it worked, actually. And who knows? That might have been the genesis 
of what led to sure. years later well, of what Paul we've West watched Ed, now. To Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds yeah. or less and then moving on down. It's not necessarily the fast break, though. That was West, that was Westhead and that was D'Antoni. It's the three-point shooting. It's not right. that the Warriors have run up and down the court. It's just that their priority is a step three, a clay three, get their three-point right. shooters going, and then play it inside. Just a different time. It's crazy. The Heat last season, best three-point shooting team in the NBA. This season, fourth worst. It just happens. Uh, Zion Williamson, uh, yeah. his problem is he looks like Orlando Alzigari, right? I mean, that's kind of what it is. More like uh, SpongeBob, yeah. Now, you might look like SpongeBob also, but yeah. Another yeah. setback. Uh, I mean, listen, his it's good for show for talk shows because I yes. know because I've done it for 30 years. You know, I'm in the kind of shape that I can do a four hour, five hour marathon talk show. You know what I'm saying? But there's no way I can do 35 minutes on the court or maybe three minutes on the court. So Zion Williamson, once again, the injury bug, another setback in his uh, recovery. It's crazy. Voted an all star starter with no credentials because of the hype machine, the popularity given a maximum extension without barely playing at all because of the reputation he brought in and the desperation of the New Orleans Pelicans, I think what it shows is you can't be a rectangle and play in the NBA. This is a sinewy league, but you have to be angular to a degree. You know what? That's his body type. I don't think it's changing. I think you have to accept, hey, we're going to get Zion Williamson. He's going to play maybe 40 games a year. That's just who he is right now. So I... Does it get any better, or does it? What, what do they? I don't do? think with that body type it can. I there have been guys who have had injuries at the start of their career and then gone injury less over the rest of their career. I haven't seen that break yet. I haven't seen that breakthrough moment right now. So I think he's going to be a some of the time player when he's healthy. And that roster and Brandon Ingram are healthy. They were at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah, but not they're a completely different team now. What you don't want to be is on top of the conference. They they wind up with a low seed. All of a sudden, Zion comes back. They're facing the Suns or someone, and you have a completely different team with Zion versus without Zion. So can you see Miami trading him for Kyle Lowry next year? The Kyle Lowry thing, and I know where you're trying to go with this, but the Kyle Lowry thing is just, I mean, the Heat right now, I think, have to ride it out, hope it works. He's not a terrible player. He still can do certain things for you. It's for the just money, he's that- terrible. For it's, the money, he's yes. absolutely okay. His dollar value, but when they, they call his name out of the game, they don't mention how much he makes. It's not starting at point guard and earning twenty-eight million dollars. But, but, but we know the cap space he takes. Yes. It's not in how much salary money he makes. League, it's a killer. It's the cap space he takes. That's what it is. That's that's what we don't give a shit about the money. That's Mickey's money. We don't care about that. That's that's we're not supposed to care about that. He's a billionaire. I'm not crying for him. But we, what we care about is the cap space he takes yes. is the, really the problem because it, it, it's, it, it stops you from actually getting better. So I'm just saying, you know, you, you got to what, – what's that expiring deal worth next year? Is there it's, a – It's not worth a damn bar? thing. It's not worth a damn thing just like Kevin Love's wasn't this year. What the, is the expiring deal worth when attached to something? No, when but what I'm no, no. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, you're right. You're you're 100 right. What you're saying, but is there a chance that there is a star that is just becoming unhappy with his situation, and they have multiple years left, and they're stuck with him in a way that there's some baggage with that person? There, it can't be just like, hey, it's Bradley Beal. He wants out, and he's a great kid. 
Let's trade. No, that's going to cost you some straight, compensation. Straight, straight up, I don't see that. I mean, I, I yeah. thought a contract like that had been Julius Randle. Now he's playing very well. He's playing at a different level. He's an all-star. I thought he was that kind of deal. There are not a lot of those deals. It's going to have to be with the sweetener. You're right. You don't get Beal for Lowry. You might get Beal for Hero and Lowry. Then we're not debating Lowry. You're just debating with me. Ira Bradley Beal versus Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler win now mode. Where do you want to go? That's the discussion we'll be having now in the offseason. Now after, I'm all in. Yeah. And in the summer league in Vegas. Yeah. I'm all in. Because yes. you know what, Big O? As much as he missed 15 games a season, and you talked about Zion missing games, when Jimmy Butler plays, he's really freaking good. Oh, he's awesome. And, he, awesome. and, and he's a winning player at winning time. So maybe you have to live in the moment, even though you and I have spoken about the Tyler and Bam thing down the road. Maybe for Jimmy, you have to live in the moment. Again, two Eastern Conference Finals the last three years. With the right team, he can get you there. Now, listen, with Jimmy, of course, the his body, you know, obviously wearing down, but at least you will have in the memory bank everything that he's produced. The problem with Kyle Lowry is he has not done anything for that money to justify the move or anything like that. So it just makes... The, the situation just that much more sour, I think, for, for, for a lot of fans. With Jimmy, the sacrifice is there. You see it. You watch right. it all the time, you know. But I do fear the back end of this contract that is not going to be a good one, unfortunately. Well, but I can tell you, he maintains that body as well as anyone. So he's That's not going to let that body fall aside. He has his own personal training staff. He is relentless with them. He will do everything to be at 38 at the end of that contract, what he is right now at 33. He is committed to that, and he does have the body type that can endure. It's just a matter, like you pointed out, the minutes that Tom Thibodeau put on him in his previous days, does he still have enough legs left? That's yeah, what practice, we're saying. Practice and everything with him. That's uh, that's where that's where it wears you out, too. All right, follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. What are you doing leading up to the game? A couple of things today. I did a story on Gabe Vincent. kind of interesting. In 2020, in the bubble in Orlando, Eric Spolstra had Gabe Vincent as the scout team uh, point guard. So he was the opposing emulator. One of the guys he emulated, he told me, was Kyle Lowry. So he said he played the role of Kyle Lowry, learned from him. Now he's replacing him and doing a fantastic job. That's already posted at sunsentinel.com. And I just posted a story about Dwayne Dedman and the irony of joining the Sixers, the only team that he did yet to face this season. So you will have four Heat versus Deadman games still on the schedule, including two at uh, Miami Date Arena. So hide the Theraguns, people. Hide the Theraguns. He's and, and, tell, and tell Gabe, if he wants to impress me, he has to wear a fat suit when he plays the Kyle Lowry role. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heapie. Catch his work he, he there at the that. South Florida Sun He said that. Not yeah. Ira. Tomorrow, uh, Inside the Paint, barkingredrecover.com. We'll join you tomorrow at 9 a.m. with Kurt Heal, and we'll go around the NBA buyout deadline, look back again at the trade deadline. Thanks, Big O. He said it. You got it. Yes. Kyle, Zion, you can't look like me and play in the NBA. See you later, Ira. See you. All right. There you go. Ira Winderman and our Acura Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's in Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines.
All right, folks. Uh, I got to tell you, Welton Realm, a proud sponsor of our program. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Dan and Jeff. 954-966-4646. Uh, bankruptcy, personal injury, criminal defense, condo damage, business owner claims, commercial litigation, uh, property damage, homeowner property damage. I'm telling you, they can help you. And I know from firsthand, uh, Progressive was trying to take advantage of us. And we called Dan and, and Jeff. They took it to another level. They crushed Progressive Insurance. Okay. We saw it firsthand. They were offering us one fifth of what we ended up getting. They weren't even offering us enough to actually fix everything. You know, that it was pretty gross. And why? Because that's what they do. They're adjusters. And, the, and these insurance companies, they don't work for you. They don't care about you. They just care about collecting your premium every single month. That's all they ever care about. Nothing else. To you, you're just a number. You're nobody. And that's why they try to railroad you. And that's why you've got to call the lawyers that know the laws. Because you and I do not know the laws. And then they start running circles around you. And that's because they can. Well, Dan and Jeff, they ran circles around them. Okay, they even got one of them fired and everything. Call Welton Rayom. They're in Hollywood. You don't even have to go to their office. You can call them for a free consultation. You got some damage going on right now. You live in a condo. Somebody else's water damage went into your, your condo or something happened. Before you call any of the insurance companies, you call Welt and Rayom first. They will send their adjusters over to protect you because the insurance adjusters, boy, they're going to lowball the hell out of you. 954-966-4646. Save this number on your cell phone. Call Jeff. Call Dan right now. 954-966-4646 for Welt and Realm. All right. Uh, Zion was in great shape starting this season, Big O. Wasn't his conditioning? Eh, well, you know, you know, maybe uh, the conditioning got worse and worse and worse. As he kept going through the drive-throughs, um, let's see what else do we have? Uh, Big O, all the adjusters do care. FYI, nah, not oh, Big O, not all the adjusters. Uh, some do care. FYI, yeah, but the ones that are working for those insurance companies, they don't give a shit. They want to make sure they do it well for their insurance companies, so they keep working for their insurance companies. So. Not really going to look out for the customer because you don't work for them. You work for the insurance company. So, uh, hey, man, I saw it firsthand. So, you know, I saw how they were trying to railroad us. And and I saw what, you know, Dan and Jeff did. And they just crushed those dudes. Um, let's see. Philly dominated the time of possession in the first half. Gave up a large number of big plays in the second. Allowing Mahomes and KC too much free reign. Well, that's... Uh, that the game is played on offense, on defense, on special teams, coaching on the sidelines, all these kind of things. You know, that's how you win this game by making sure you make the right calls in uh, in 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 uh, in the sidelines by making sure that you make the plays you're supposed to make on defense and on special teams. You can't allow Tony to make that that return. There you go. You know, that's kind of part of the game. Kansas City was the better team last night, and they ended up making the plays they had to make in order to win. And they're the ones that came back, and the Eagles could not answer the bell, and they weren't scoring enough points. 
with the offense that they did have. And they're lucky because, as you said, the time of possession, I wrote it down, my friend, 35-47 to 24-13. So you dominated by over 11 minutes, and yet you couldn't win the game. And that's because you made the mistake on special teams. You made the mistake on the fumble. And these are the things that you end up paying the price. And then your big bad defense, well, hey, man, you didn't force the turnovers. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Your defense can't be such, a, you know, big bad boys all throughout the year. And then when it comes to the biggest game of the year, you don't come up with the sacks and you don't come up with the interceptions. I mean, that's that, that's what you got to do, bro. You got to come through, and they did not come through at all. So credit, credit goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. They found a way to win that game. That's the only that I'm I'm going to give them the credit for making the plays, and Philadelphia. By the way, where there are a lot of uh. A lot of uh, crimes going on in Philadelphia uh, yesterday, last night. I hope they acted like, I know they weren't acting like decent human beings from the beginning because they were already overturning cars. Really baffling, but whatever. Like, what does that do for you? You know what I'm saying? And what we watched yesterday, the slipper bowl, is that what it was? Right? The slipper bowl. Boy, that was that was bad. I saw a lot of slipping in that game. Holy moly. The turf guy did not get uh did not get good reviews for that one. And you know that that guy's like one of the best, but he did not have a good day yesterday. All right, let's get ready for hour number two. I got to talk about the halftime show with Rihanna. Uh, there's uh, there's a I, I find an interesting twist uh, to that Rihanna thing. We'll we'll, we'll get to it. Also, I do got to get into uh, Tua's Super Bowl week at Radio Row. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts on on what I on the interviews that I saw and the decision that he and his team made. Uh, we definitely got to get into that. Uh, Jets inquiring about Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr sticking the middle finger to the Raiders. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that we still got to talk about too on the program. All right. Uh, don't forget. You can uh, make a donation through cash app or Venmo at cash. Big O show. That is cash. Big O show at cash app or Venmo cash big o show always appreciate it and don't forget you can make a a bitcoin donation th too through cash app or venmo at cash big o show um bitcoin's at twenty one thousand six hundred and seventy four not going to get into a lot of the bitcoin talk or any kind of crypto markets are up dow jones up 281 points the s&p's up 35 so uh, things are moving, man, moving. All right. So there you go. All right. Let's take a break. Let's get ready for our number two of the big O radio show. 
it is next, powered by the one and only Sean Stanley. This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Hey, alrighty. By the way, Alex Palenzuela, thank you, sir, for the love on the uh, Venmo Cash app or Venmo Cash Big O Show. He says, what a good game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. It was a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed it myself. I'm, I am uh, 100% with you. Uh, and I know that, you know, the finish was, uh, I guess, uh, bothersome for some, but I did not have a problem with it. And you can rewind and I thoroughly spoke about that and we'll get into uh, other things here on the show here in the um, in the second hour of the program. Uh, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, Rihanna. OK, in halftime. And. You know, I talked about this uh, the other day and not to get too political in all this, but, you know, the world is because is trying to become no the world is becoming more liberal and yet the world is also trying to become more accepting of everyone okay we have women in arab countries that are they want to take the veil off because they've been you know hidden and a, a second citizen forever and you know this is part of the movement you you see it in china that people are protesting and putting their lives on the line and, you know, they're not conforming like they've done in the past, you know, and and so in our world and one of the things that I give a lot of credit to young people, the, these younger generations that and I don't give the younger generations a lot of credit because there's a lot of their things that are annoying. But some of the, the one thing that I'll give the Generation Z's and the millennials, these last two generations that have come out is they're more accepting of each other colors race religion sexuality all of that all you got to do is watch them and the you know there's more of it than there ever was in prior generations okay especially my generation and older my god you know i've seen it know it watch it a lot of people with biases all kinds of biases you know what i'm saying and a lot of the theme yesterday was, you know, about two black quarterbacks, you know, being there. You know what I'm saying? And and a woman performing at halftime that was pregnant. And so this bothers some. You know what I mean? Because I got it on my DM. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like if she knew she was pregnant, why did she do this? And it's like, okay, so they've got to. It's got to be J Lo and Shakira. And, you know, it's got to be incredibly sexual in order for it to be, you know, a good performance. And sometimes you got to respect people for what they're doing. And the fact that she is pregnant, the fact that she's putting her family first, you know what I mean? That's important to her at this moment. And it didn't take away from the performance. I don't I don't really watch her like I watch Bruno Mars. You, you see what I'm saying? I don't watch her like I watch Justin Timberlake. Um, I'm trying to think of who's the female counterpart that's like this. Like, you know, Beyonce has choreographed and all that, but it's not pink. 
There we go. I don't go see Rihanna like I would see. Oh, let me let me add a little uh, a little caveat to it. A younger pink. OK, because the the this pink now is not doing the stuff she used to do in the past. The acrobatic stuff and all over the place and all that. You know, there are performers that you're going there to also watch them not just sing, but perform. Because, you know, Justin Timberlake can has got some moves. You know, nobody's better than Bruno Mars on the goddamn planet when it comes to moves. You know, the only guy that was better is dead, and his name is Michael Jackson. So we, I go see, you know, and if you go see Younger Pink, for those of you that remember, you're going to see a woman that's going to belt out one hell of a performance because of her voice. But then athletically, you saw something freakish out there at times. You know what I'm doing? All kinds of acrobatic stuff that you're like, holy crap, man. Pink is damn, dude. And for those of you that don't know, just go back and watch it. You know, so some of us, we go see some entertainers because they're also going to entertain us, not just vocally. But with Rihanna, I was fine with what she did. I thought it was classy. I thought she she sung her songs. I, th I thought it was fantastic how they did it with all the different levels, you know, and, and that one close up, you could tell that 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 thing shakes, bro. And even though she's tied, you still have to, like, you know, keep your composure. You're also pregnant, you know, so you've got to, like, perform and act like it's not affecting you, which it's got to affect you that you're up there in the air a little bit. You know what I'm saying? No matter I'm not necessarily a guy afraid of heights. But at that moment, when, you know, billions are watching and you're hung up in the air in the middle of a stadium and all that, there still has to be something in your mind. So I give her credit for the choreography. I give her credit for, you know, doing it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and she sung a lot of the songs that even us on the fringe that we might not be like the biggest Rihanna fans and we know all her songs and every word, but I knew them. I knew several of her, mostly in the second half, I will admit, okay? The second half of the songs are the ones that I, I am more used to, to be quite honest. But I still had zero issue with it. I thought it was done in a very classy fashion. And that's what I liked about it, actually. I thought it was cool. Okay, so you're pregnant. You don't have a ton of mobility, but you still actually showed a ton of performance with all the other dancers. You know, and I also love the fact that it didn't matter what you looked like. And that because of the way you, you just had to dance, didn't matter your sexuality, didn't matter any of that, because the garb kind of made everybody look equally, too. And I kind of like that message, too, at the same time. You know what I mean? Nobody really stood out from everybody. The only one that stood out was and should be Rihanna, you know, but it, it's just there was a lot of the theme last night about, you know, accepting and those kind of things. And we have a problem in this world. We have a problem with certain parts of our society that people are not, are not accepting. And whether you like it or not, that's the direction we're going in. Okay. Whether you like it or not, you know, some of you that are older, you, you knew rock Hudson was gay. But you only like talked about it in the closet, you know, 
And it was, and it's, that's not the way of the world anymore. Okay. People that are, they're now open about their sexuality and they're being accepted for it. And again, you know, the accomplishments of minorities. Okay. Well then if you haven't been put down forever, then you don't realize what it feels like the redemption to rise. Just ask the entire Jewish culture. They suffered something that is the ultimate, I mean, for lack of a better term, put down when they obliterated and killed millions and millions. So when they get to fight off the Nazis and they get to fight off all this crap that's gone on and they rise above it, it's there's redemption to it. You know, there's redemption for the black community. There's redemption for women who have been crapped on all their lives and you can't vote and you got to stay in the kitchen and stay barefooted and this and that. And so now they're superstars and CEOs and in the government and all of these things. And the problem is when you're not part of one of those types of cultures or groups of individuals that have been put down, you don't understand and you don't connect. And then some of you don't accept, you know? And it's, it's, it's funny because I saw a commercial that was religious, right? And then, you know, it's saying, well, accepting of all. But then when <laughs> I see the gay community and I see, uh, you know, religion clash, well, it's not nearly as accepting as it really should be. You know, you say one thing, but you do something else. And so I don't know what it is, if it's because Rihanna was black, if it's because she is pregnant, if it's whatever. But there's just this need to fight it and to not be accepting and not be respectful of others' accomplishments and their fight for their right, for an opportunity, for anything like that. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden we we're we're slamming rihanna for a performance that i thought was fantastic i thought she did a terrific job is it different than a bruno mars performance of course it is is it going to be different than than kiss at a bridge with explosions and all the kind of, yeah it's going to be completely different than that I, I don't have a problem i've enjoyed all kinds i remember they killed the paul mccartney one well i freaking love paul mccartney i have no problem with it I thought last year's was absolutely awesome, except for uh, 50 Cent. I thought he didn't really belong there with the rest of them. But outside of that, you know, I, you know, I, everybody else, I thought it was actually a really cool event. And, you know, it's just, and whether you like it or not, okay, because I'm a rock metalhead at heart, we're going to see less rock and less metal and those kind of things down the line because it's not nearly as mainstream as what you've been watching lately. But I get it. Those of you that are probably hardcore rock and metal, you're not accepting of another genre of music. So you didn't give Rihanna a chance because you don't like her music. You didn't give Rihanna a chance because she was pregnant. You didn't give Rihanna a chance because she didn't have skin showing all over the place. You know, like when you watch her celebrate in Barbados when she's the 
honorary whatever that is of uh of the parade and all that kind of stuff you know what i'm saying and she is scantily clad at that moment you know because you've seen her scantily clad at that moment but to me it's just one of those things where i just wish people would be a little bit more accepting of somebody that's different than you you know that's all so that's my take on the halftime show on why it ignites so many in, in so many different directions from the person to the genre to the pregnancy to whatever you know what i mean just elicits all kinds of just ridiculous stuff anyway um what else do we have springsteen's halftime show i love springsteen you know but but to a time you know how many people don't like springsteen doesn't do anything for them you know my wife will tell you yeah he's all right and i'm sitting there going what do you mean he's all right that's the effing boss man <laughs> but that's you know that's the difference it's the way it goes man we're all different in a way but uh, i just i just felt the people killing her with just crazy stuff man uh let's see i'm not a rihanna fan but i thought she did well uh lots of baby boomers most likely wouldn't like a rihanna performance yeah, whatever uh the problem is if you vocalize that you did enjoy the performance you're automatically labeled racist sexist etc i just thought it was boring doesn't mean i don't like her personally right well then that's fine and and people are plenty of people are like that that don't like her music you know best commercial in a runaway was the guardians of the galaxy 3 trailer the movie is going to make billions your boy trump didn't like well you know where that's coming from <laughs> that's only coming from one place with that guy and you know he's got his little fanatical base that will follow that you know so yeah Pat and Nashville said you two had the greatest Super Bowl halftime show the 9-11 tribute was absolutely moving Prince is a close second uh both were phenomenal I you know Prince in the rain he's probably always going to be the number one you know when it's all said and done you know so what it is uh let's see is is it true she performed for free yeah they all they all perform for free. They all perform for free. You don't get you don't get paid for the halftime show. But but you get paid because Rihanna's downloads went up last night, I'm sure. Uh she probably sold some records and she probably sold some some t-shirts and stuff off her website and things like that. And then she got all that free pub all over the world on top of all of that. So she ends up getting paid in other ways, but the exposure is priceless. You just saw Pat and Asheville say, you two had the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance. The 9-11 tribute was absolutely moving, which is true. And then he said Prince is a close second. And look, look at what he's saying. He's still remembering those performances from years ago. And that's what that halftime show does for you that also people will remember that performance for years to come. Just like Whitney Houston's, you know, national anthem 
is one that we will always remember. Those of us that lived it and watched it, it was one of those like, oh, my God, because, you know, Whitney's voice was, God, Whitney's voice was so amazing, dude. She was so gifted. What a shame, man. What a real shame. But, um, you know, that performance for with her will last forever. Nobody, everybody says when it comes to national anthems, you know, that one is the best. And I agree. I agree. By the way, the baby face started off slow. The America, America, the beautiful. It start. I didn't like the beginning of it, but then as it kept going, it grew on me actually. So I, I, uh, I got to give baby face a little love there because I, I wasn't, I wasn't giving it a lot of love right at the beginning. Cause it was kind of, um, I don't know, it was a little too mellow and stuff, but then it kind of picked up and it had a nice little groove overall. And, uh, and I thought he did a, a decent job. It's just, it, it's a hard thing, man. You know? Uh, oh, your, your words about marginalization are important. Thank you. And yes, millennials have, a, uh, have a lot to teach us about acceptance. Millennials and Generation Zs are way more accepting than all these other older generations, you know, because I know my generation and older, boy, we got a lot of racist people, man, bro. And they're still racist to this day, dude, you know? So, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, Apple Music paid her for a documentary for her experience. Yeah, but that's not the Super Bowl. The NFL didn't pay her. Apple Music paid $50 million for, for the halftime show. I believe it's I, I believe that's the figure, $50 million per year. Uh, I keep hoping we get Metallica at halftime, but I think that train has left the station. Yeah. Yeah, by now. Um, I could see a, a, a uh, Star Spangled Banner with Metallica but probably not a halftime show at this point. They they might be the last, them and Foo Fighters might be the last two rock bands that you can do a halftime show with. There's not a lot left rock-wise that's going to really translate over as mainstream as possible. Metallica has, my God, how Metallica has made themselves mainstream is so amazing. It really is super impressive. Prince had the greatest Super Bowl show. You two was second. Dr. Dre third. Um, that's what Horn Dog says. Um, Steve says, I'm with Mrs. O. I'm not a Springsteen fan either. Yeah, I mean, right? To each his own. Meanwhile, I praise at the altar of Bruce Springsteen. So I'm I'm completely the opposite. I freaking love Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen to me is uh is an American treasure, man. You know? That's just uh one of the greatest lyricists ever. His his songs, his words, they just they they got a crap ton of meaning, man. They burn right through you. Uh Big O, I will always remember that Whitney Houston performance of the national anthem, says Devin, of course. John says Foo would be amazing. They would be. Marvin Gaye, greatest uh, uh, anthem of all time. Okay. Rosendo says, good morning, Big O Nation. Just checking in from work. Francis Scott Key, greatest anthem of all time. 
Millennials are way better than Generation Z's acceptance of all types of people is like the only common thing we have. Uh, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's one thing I've noticed about Millennials and Generation Z's that they are the best at accepting anyone and everyone. You know, they have uh, shedded their 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 um, ugly past from their other generations uh, a lot faster where our generations got poisoned by the prior generations uh and and you know and act accordingly unfortunately but generation z's and millennials man that i i will give them that they they do a terrific job of that uh let's see too bad we never got a chance to hear Jimi hendrix version of the national anthem yeah we did at woodstock and that will live on forever okay <laughs> and that might be the greatest anthem of all time uh edward thurston says judas priest needs to be the next halftime show edward you and i know that will never ever 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 happen okay metallica is the only one that's got a shot uh, in the metal world to actually make that crossover only because they are that kind of band that has crossed over. I don't know how, but they have done a, a fantastic job. Uh, Brian says, thanks big O for opening people's eyes with your perspective. With that being said, I enjoyed the Janet Jackson halftime show for obvious reasons. LOL. Also, you can imagine Tom Petty playing this year. Yeah. Yeah, I had no problem with that one either. Wardrobe malfunction and all, I get it. Nickelback would be <laughs> like a word. Big <laughs> I, you know what? I don't have the hate for Nickelback that so many do. I don't know whatever, why Nickelback gets the hate that they get. I, I don't find it to be fair, actually. I think they're a decent band. You know, I think they're a solid band. And they get this hate that I, I just find it to be. I, I know so many bands that are so much worse than Nickelback. And yet Nickelback gets this hate that I've never seen before in my life. It's the weirdest thing, dude. Really is weird. Uh, by the way, you see there the billboard for Cutter's Edge Pro. We love talking about Will and Mike, man. Listen, if you want to take your home to the next level, and I'm telling you, landscaping does it. Uh, all, all our neighbors drive by and all they do is praise us for our, our yard and it looks just absolutely phenomenal. And we tell you all the time about the yard and taking landscaping to the next level, which takes the value of your home to the next level. And the artificial turf is just absolutely awesome. We have artificial turf in our home and our dogs absolutely love it. And we love it because it is so clean clean and pristine that's what it looks like all the time you're not watering it all the time you're not cutting the grass all the time so you're going to save thousands in the long run as you and you and i know that over the years you're going to end up spending thousands cutting grass and 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 watering so that's part of the process unfortunately you know that's kind of the downer what with artificial turf you don't have to do that super easy to maintain the dogs don't bring anything indoors and neither do you by the way because sometimes when you go to the backyard, then you got to make sure you clean your feet right. And it's still some stuff gets in there. And then guess who you hear it from? Yes, the wife. The wife tells you, hey, 
You didn't clean your feet well enough. I just cleaned the house. And that's what I love. The dogs come back in. They bring nothing. You come back in. You bring absolutely nothing. It's a beautiful thing. Super easy to maintain. And one of the things we've done is also created kind of an oasis in our backyard with a lot of shade, all kinds of trees. We got a special spot for, for the barbecue, all of that. And we even added a putting green. So it's pretty cool. We can, you know, the wife and I on a Friday, Saturday night, we're relaxing in the backyard. We're hitting on the putting green, having some fun, having a couple drinks. It's a cool thing, man. Go to cuttersedgepro.com. Go to the Instagram page. So you can see a lot of the work that they've done. If you see one with a putting green on the side of the house, that's my house right there. Check it out, man. And the Sylvester Palms. Oh, my God. I got to tell you, Sylvester Palms are, are something that every neighbor that you have is going to be envious of. So make sure you get them. They're big, they're beautiful, and they provide a ton of shade. CuttersEdgePro.com, irrigation, synthetic turf, landscape design, outdoor lighting, tree trimming and removals. They do it all. CuttersEdgePro.com. All right. And by the way, Dade Broward and Palm Beach counties, all of South Florida for Cutters Edge Pro. Uh, Nickelback is just flat out annoying like Christmas music. <laughs> Orton Dog says. Karen says, I'm a millennial, and I think the younger generations are another extreme, though. They get offended way too easily, and they try to cancel those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, stay on subject. We're not, we're, I, I'm not talking about nothing is perfect. They have their defects, just like we do, and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying about one thing, acceptance of others. They are better at that than prior generations. That's all. Somehow or another, people always get off subject. That's not the subject. All I said was one thing. That's it. So, you know, let's just stay on subject. Uh, Thomas Burt, do you have any fake trees to go with the fake grass? Maybe a fake frog and a fake... No, everything else is real, Thomas except for the artificial turf for the dogs. That's kind of the idea. Everything else, obviously, is real. Yeah. Would be kind of boring to have that fake because then the tree will never grow, Thomas. I kind of want it to grow. I kind of want all the foliage to grow a lot more and stuff like that. So, yeah. That would make no sense to have uh, fake trees. But, you know, you got your smart-ass question in. Um, Devin Jordan, thank you for the love on the super chat. Yes, I saw that. Uh, De La Soul, uh, RIP to Dave, aka True Goy the Dove, uh, from De La Soul. He passed away at the age of 54, and he's been dealing. Let me uh, pull up, he's been dealing with health issues over uh, the last few years. I want to say since uh, 2000 and I think it's 10 that he's been dealing with those issues. Let me make sure before I uh, tell you here. But, you know, kind of sad that um, and we lost him. Let me see here. Damn it. Did it, did it not save right or what's the deal here? Hmm, this thing's acting funky now. I'm saving stuff, and then it's getting placed, like, in different spots. And then when I want to go for it, 
I can't end up finding it, but I know that he was uh, dealing with um, with uh, issues uh, in the past, and he was trying to get back on on um, back on tour, but unfortunately, he could not. Every time he would have a setback, and and he wasn't able to uh, to get back on tour, and so unfortunately, now we lost him. I want to say it was, uh, you know. Let me see if I can find the story for you there. I know that we've got uh, uh, Poopart ready to go. And uh, you know what? I'll get to that story in a few minutes. Let me uh, let me get to Alan. Let me get to Alan Poopart here first. And uh, and then I'll, I'll share that story with you guys. And it's Cam. It oh, I'm sorry, Cam. That's right. They switched. Poopart will be tomorrow. Cam Cameron Wolf is today. Let's unleash the Wolf Pack. We unleash the Wolf Pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL insider Cameron Wolf. It was a congestive heart failure, by the way, uh, for uh, Dave. So, unfortunately, from De La Soul. Cam you know De La just Soul? dropped. Oh, he's coming back. Cam just dropped? Okay. All right. Let's see. Do we got him now? There he is. Oh, what's up, man? There How you is. feeling? Good man, good. Uh, sadly, we lost Dave from De La Soul, man. Fifty-four. Damn. Um, that may be one that went over my head. I am not familiar. You're not a De La Soul guy? No, man. Is, is that a musician? I, I really don't want to sound stupid here, so I'm just going to let you tell me who he is. <laughs> Rap? Is that somebody? De is La that somebody Soul? I know? Is that somebody I should know? Really? Wow! I am super. I'm super shocked that you don't know the rap band or group De La Soul. No, I do not. I do not. Rest in peace to to him. But yeah, I'm not familiar. No, you have to be, bro. No, I mean no. maybe I've heard a song or two. No, no, you've heard familiar. you've heard several. Yeah. There's Got no it. freaking way. I may There's I may no just not way. know the group. I just may not know the group's name off off firsthand. But yeah, maybe I've heard some of their songs. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you gotta know De La Soul, bro. Everybody knows De La Soul. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, when you get off this interview, get on your iTunes, put okay. De La Soul, All right. and and hit a couple songs. You're gonna go, oh, okay. I don't want to do it here that. now because I'm sure I probably heard the songs. Guarantee mentioned the name De La Soul. It didn't click for me, and so yeah. maybe I'm just. Maybe this is my post Super Bowl brain, and I'm just not not there. <laughs> but I was like, I could tell by your reaction, you were just yeah, like, like yeah. shocked for like two or three seconds. I'm like, I probably yeah. should know this person. Yeah, this yes, group. yes, yes. Legends, <laughs> legends, legends. People are saying Cam needs help. Big O was so shocked, <laughs> I thought his screen froze. Yeah, yeah. I I need help regardless, but clearly I need it after <laughs> after not. Not recognizing the name off rip. So yeah, I do you I, remember, I remember, do you remember now. No, somebody now, brought it up. No. On my rest of my afternoon, it's a nice day out. I'm gonna drive with De La Soul playing in my uh 
and my me, car. myself, and I. Me, myself, okay. and I. Yeah. You don't know that song, Me, Myself, and I? I? I don't know it off name. Wow. Like I said, you got to realize, uh, one, one, I am, I am 29 years old. So there are some things that I may have missed that I probably shouldn't have missed. Yeah, but you know LL Cool J, and you know Run yes. DMC, and you know yes, Snoop yes, I do know. I do these know guys these are people. these guys are in that plateau. They're right there, like you know, just maybe a a, a slight notch under those legends there. But they so, are so, so dude, like so. Who's oh my god? Are there are, are were they always a group or were there any individuals? Key? No, who no, no. They've always, they've always been a group. Yeah, okay, they've always got gotcha. you. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, you, you, when, when, when you listen to them, you're gonna go, oh shit! You're gonna go, wow! Yeah, it's good. It's gonna become a band now. You're going to, you're going to want to get into is what gotcha. it is. What it is? They're so good, dude. That's what I said. I, I probably oh. heard them. Like I've listened to a lot of um, '90s. Like I'm guessing this is '80s, '90s rap. Right? '80s, '90s, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, more '90s, '90s, 2000s rap for me. I probably missed the '80s, given I was born in '93, but. Um, I try to listen back to some older eras, but that one I probably heard, but it's not one I have in my music selection. I don't have any uh, De La Soul uh, saved on my phone, and so maybe I got to change that. Yeah, you you will now. You will now. And and uh, Buddy is a great song. Okay, Tread yeah. Water is another great song. I mean, just uh, De La Soul is just. Oh my God! That, that, yeah. I'm telling you, dude. When you okay. when you start listening to it, you're gonna that's, go. That's, wow. that's okay. my homework assignment. I, I the season's over, and so I need things to do. And now I, my I, first homework assignment is uh, listening to De La Soul. I I think this is just going to be a slight refresher course for you because okay. you're gonna you're gonna listen to it, you're gonna go. Oh yeah, man, I've heard this one and I've heard this one. Yeah, that's who they are. Okay, and then you're gonna go. All right, let me delve more into this catalog and start to find out a little bit more about De La Soul, and and then you'll, gotcha. you know, you'll you'll just damn, you'll go. What are, um, what what style? What style is it? Um, it's Diggable Planets. Um, oh God, uh, you know Diggable Planets? No. I feel like I feel like you keep asking me people I know, and I'm gonna look worse and worse. Wow! And so, <laughs> wow. Oh, you're twenty. You're, you're twenty nine, and I'm fifty six. So yeah, but yeah. but 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 to be fair, this happens with my wife too because she has a more diverse music selection. She listens to a lot of country and and pop, and so and and, and oldies music, and so she likes to quiz me on people I know. And just like now, I often don't know these people. And so it's 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 probably more me and my narrow view of music and who I like and who I listen to um, more than just a, a condemnation on all 29, 30 year olds, because maybe the average 30 year old guy does know them uh, off name. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> try, try, these guys put nailed it. Tribe Called Quest. You know them? I do know. I do know Tribe Called Quest. OK. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. it's tribe called quest you know it's okay, kind of from yeah. that era uh, yeah. of all that um man what's the name of that help me out out there the the tennessee uh that song tennessee, tennessee is it, not, no 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 it's a song called tennessee from back in there that, that's not it's not diggable planets it's somebody else but it's kind of that era of music of um um what's it called oh the arrested development thank you you know arrested development that's that's a show, right? 
Oh my God. I told you oh my this God. is gonna make me look worse and worse. Oh my god, stop, yeah. Stop dude. asking these questions. Arrested development, diggable planets, a uh uh um called De La Soul. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, yeah. You have a really big, big hip hop void in your life, a rich, super rich hip hop void in your life that you need to fix, bro. Okay, like, I guess I have to. This won't be like um, Fast Times at Richmond High that it didn't like it didn't hold up and all that shit. Yeah. This holds up forever. Okay. okay. This is okay. music. That, I, like, that, yeah. I feel like I have a decent 90s group rap, but maybe I'm missing a group. Like I, maybe I'm missing a lot of groups. I don't know. Us three. KMF. I love you, bro. Yes. <laughs> Us three is so good. Oh man, yes, I yeah. love us three. That's a that's also a, a fantastic. You don't know us three? <laughs> no, right? Oh my God, that you're missing an era. Of, <laughs> I told of rap you this, and, this is gonna this is gonna this, gonna, this whole awesome, segment dude. is gonna be like Cam. What Cam doesn't know about music? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Us three. I, I mean, oh, I, I, I'm a big Nas guy. Nas is my my is the greatest rapper of all time to me. NWA, sure. like I know, I know '90s rap, but clearly I'm missing, I'm missing, uh, missing some groups, man. Yeah. Oh man, us three was so freaking good, man. I miss those guys. What's that? Um, I'm trying to remember their that that first album of theirs, uh, hand hand on the touch. That's it, hand on the touch, the okay. cantaloupe. Yes, Cantaloupe. Okay. Oh, us three, Cantaloupe. You gotta live, and I, you had to have heard that song. I, it, Maybe it, I have. Maybe I have, and I just don't know them off name. Um, I don't know. Yeah. All right. We in Birdland this evening. Uh, oh, I forgot how how it goes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I clearly missed the whole like. You could have said some of the things I know. You could have been talking about the roots. You could have been talking about like the roots are awesome. The roots are awesome. Nas, yeah. you know, um, there's a, there's a bunch of rappers here we could have went through. But yeah, but that's my voice. that's a little after. That's a little okay. after. This is that era in from '80s into the '90s. Okay. That 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 genre See? was going on. We had we had the um the new Jack stuff going on too at the same time with new Guy and all that kind of stuff was going on. So that's kind of the era that we're in right there in that '80s '90s. You know, okay. and then we turn into Nas and all those guys after. See, maybe maybe that was just I just missed right, the generation yeah. before right. that. Like like a lot of minds is mid mid to late nineties into the rest of where we are now. So right, because you're, you're, you're 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 a child in the nineties. Yeah. You know, so like that, that you're like right. So the the, the late eighties to early nineties got past you a little bit because you were still too young. You know, mm -hmm. you're still probably playing with toys still at that age. Yeah. When you got yeah. to like 10 or 12 or 14 is when you start really kind of growing in in your music. So 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 for so for perspective here, the first rap album Wait a minute. Sean is no, uh, I wanted to throw something in. Dougie came in and said, Tell Cam that Nas song Got It is with De La Soul. Okay, I know that song. I know that okay. song. I know okay. pretty much every Nas song. So now I, I, I can hear that. I didn't know any original De La Soul songs off, off Rip, but now I'm thinking about that song, and I can I can picture it. So that thank you. Appreciate that. That helps. 
now I, now I can recognize Alicia's style. Like I said, I just didn't know their name off it and a list of their songs. Um, but yeah, like I said, I may have missed I may have missed a a a void of a group for perspective. Oh. Like the first rap song, the first rap album I listened to that was current was Godson. Nas Godson. My uncle put that on me. I, I don't know when that album came out. But everything before that, I had to go back and manually listen to because it wasn't of my generation. So whatever year that album came out, everything else I had to go back and listen to. So um, I probably didn't. Now, go you know, Arrested Development, Diggable Planets, Us Three, De La Soul. You, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. You, you need to delve in. You need yeah. to delve in. You're gonna And you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Right. When you get into it, you're going to go, wow, this is awesome. This is amazing right. stuff. So, all right. Gotcha. Uh, what did you think yesterday of the call? I personally had my, my problem with it was we want to put officials in a position. And then when you put them in that position, what are you going to do? It's I, I compare it. Look, the, the cop is sitting on the side on the on the highway. OK, yep. it says sixty five. Yep. But you know, if you go 73, 74, they're they're not really stopping you. But right, hey, bro, right. you went yep. 74. And you know what? You change lanes a little bit. They're a little too uh irresponsibly. And he pulls you over, and you're like, man, everybody's doing the same, but he pulled me over. And yep. to me, this guy not held once, he held twice, which is what I wish people would mention more often. He held not once, you know, not LeBron, not one, not two. He held twice on that one. And so then if you don't call it, then you say, well, hey, bro, there was a penalty there and he should have called it. And unfortunately, you put the guy in a position where he has to make a decision. And and the decision is you clearly committed the penalty. I had no problem with the call whatsoever. Your thoughts? I completely disagree. (laughs) I have a completely different take. Uh, To me, I will take your comparison and go one step further. To me, it's like driving 70 in a 65 and getting pulled over on Christmas. And so you got to have some some realistic situation of the one, the place and time, and what everybody else is doing. They weren't calling that call all game. But you put, but but they can call it. But they they can't call it. They were not called. Until that play, they had not called. The Chiefs were were more grabsy, grabsy, than that on that play, and they hadn't called it all the way up into two minutes left in the fourth quarter on a game-changing play. And yes, there may have been a little bit of contact within the first five yards there, but there was not a grab in a, in a pass that really was 10 yards over his head that really affected the result of the play. And to me, that's one where the refs became the story more than the play on the field. And I tweeted about it last night. My worry, and I think it's the case because the first question you asked me the first question on every talk show, that call became the story of what was an amazing game. And if they swallow the whistle, it's not. Everybody's not complaining, on, oh, that should have been this or should have been that. No, it's a let them play. It wasn't egregious enough. You know what's egregious and what's not. That was not an egregious well, That was egregious. Yeah. You did it, you it, did it twice. Tack. It was so, you did it. So, so, so then you take – so to counter that is, hey, let me commit the penalty. They're not going to call a play at this moment. So then so, you so know – that you could get away with cheating 
because that's what it is. Tugging twice on the guy is cheating, slowing him down. And by the way, it ain't slowing you down 10 yards, but it's slowing those guys down 10 yards because those guys are professionals, and they're a hell of a lot faster than you and I ever will will say, I will say there was a tug, and James Bradbury did a mint mentioned after the game that he did tug. So it's not like we're arguing whether or not he did grab him. I'm Tons. talking about what what is enough to call a penalty. Because like, as we know, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball or whether it's on the offensive line, there is holding every single play. And okay. so you could literally sit there and, and nitpick and say, oh, well, he's holding on this play. No, you want to let him play. We want to see the game, not the referees. You call the play when it affects the play and the, the direction of the game. That that tugs, so then you that don't call the play bad. when it could so you don't call the play when it could affect the game also? No, you do. You do. But that did not that in that that tug did not impact one second whether or not Juju caught that pass or not. Not at all. That ball was 10, 12 yards you, over his head. You keep saying tug. It was tugs. It was two of them. He did it twice, Cam. Go back and look at it. I, I, trust he me, did. I saw it. He did okay. tug him, and Bradbury admitted it too. So, like, I give I give Bradbury credit because he's getting accountability. It's not like, hey, I didn't grab him at all. He knows right. he tugged him. But there are tugs, and I wanted to use the word tug because it was. It was like a little grab. It wasn't a hold hand. It was a little grab of the jersey. It, there, was, there wasn't even any extension. You couldn't even see. Like, it slowed you, him down. If you it's slowed slow. it down, you, you're right. If you slowed it down and zoomed in in the replay, like we're get our microscopes in, you're like, you know what? It did look like he tugged him a bit. You know what? They are right. He did tug him a little bit. He tugged him twice. Maybe you're right. Maybe he tugged him twice a little bit. I can see that. I can see what the refs are looking through through their microscopes and see. But it did not affect the ball that was thrown 12 yards over his head. And so for us to be sitting here talking about that play, that is not okay. That is something that affected the Super Bowl more than letting them play. Now, the Chiefs could have still won. It was third down. They were going to kick a field goal regardless. But the difference right. is we got robbed out of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles potentially having a minute 30 to tie or win the game. And because of some tug. So why are we sitting here after an amazing game? It was one of the better Super Bowls I have seen in my lifetime. Like back and forth, competitive mm-hmm. game. And the story of the game on Monday morning is, was it enough for holding? If it's close, you don't call it. It's just like, to me, it's like an overturn. It's like overturning a challenge. If it's close, if it's close, and, 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 and maybe he doesn't it. get it called if he only tugs once. I, we'll just we'll have to disagree on that. To me, I think it was one of the softest holding calls I've seen in some time, especially on that stage. And I completely disagree with it. Not saying I, I think that it affected giving us the finish that we needed and we deserve to see. Now I can't guarantee the Eagles would have won. They could have very easily lost. Oh, they weren't the score, they weren't scoring much in the in the second half anyways. They only they, scored eleven scored, points. But they did score 35 points, so they scored five touchdowns. Yeah, I know, I know, but they scored it in the first the half. The, you got to give Kansas City this, the, the, the defense uh, credit in the second half. They didn't allow them to move the ball the same way in the second half. Correct. The Kansas City defense played a lot better because the, the Eagles scored 24 in the first half, and they only scored 11 in the second half. So that's a big difference. But they did, yeah. they did march down the field that last drive. And so I'm not saying they would have scored. I'm not saying the Eagles would have won. I'm, no. I'm, it's probably more likely than not that the Chiefs still won. But I'm saying that we didn't get the opportunity to see that ending because the refs were so obsessed with calling this tug that they hadn't been calling all game in this moment. 
So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you that he didn't grab him or grab him twice. He did, but by the letter of the law, there's subjectiveness in holding, because they call it, they call it on every play. If you go back and you watch the replay, you could say, oh well, the Chiefs' offensive lineman was holding here, or the Eagles' offensive lineman was holding here, the Chiefs' DB was holding here, and there's a lot of plays that it wasn't called. Of so course. my issue is, why was that, which was not as egregious as other plays on there, called when others had not? When this play well, because, because it be, a key element because, of the game. Because it became so obvious. Everybody saw that he held him twice in that play. And then you put the referee in a position like, well, I'm screwed if I don't make this call. But my ass is covered if I make the call because it was clearly holding. So that's why you 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 kind of the, the sad part is Bradbury put the referee in a position where he had to make a decision. And that's to. because he, he made it, he made it obvious. He couldn't even it wasn't even a hold like where you were hip and hip and you're trying to hide the arm behind somebody and the angle and the referee. No, no. It was two obvious holds because they ran that route on them a couple of times in that game and burned them every single time. That they ran that route where they cut inside and went back yeah, outside. Again. Absolutely, you're right. That was great. That was great game planning by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. They did have a lot of right. success on that play. And I'm right. I'm, you're probably right. Brent and they weren't, they weren't held on those other ones where they were well, held. They were wide because they were wide open. They get a chance to hold because they broke three. That's right. And, and if Bradbury doesn't hold twice, he's right. wide open, and we don't know what happens with so, that catch. So, so I will say that I'm a former defensive back. I played defensive back growing up. And so I'm always going to be partial to these calls. But my whole issue is not whether or not it's the that he tugged him or not. I do think that he tugged him. And I might even argue that he tugged him twice. Who I, I got to go back and see. My point is, one, we, I didn't really see it until they slowed it down and they showed it on the replay. So that's something that it was so close and so minuscule that you had to slow it down and look it on the replay. And the second part of it is that, they had not been calling that all game. They had been letting them play. It's sort of the uh, the old playground, playground rules, right? You play yeah, basketball. I, you. I, I play basketball at, at 24-hour fitness or L.A. fitness, right? And the thing is, hey, I tell them, hey, if you're going to call calls, if you're going to call your foul, then let's call it both ways, right? Then I'm going to call my foul. Or if you're going to call that in the first quarter, then call it. That's fine. Keep it call in the fourth quarter. But if you're not going to call that the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you're going to say, well, now it's a foul. That's what I have an issue with, especially right. in a big stage like Super Bowl inside the two-minute calls. That's something we have seen all game from both sides. Contact within five yards, even if there's tug, even if there's a little pushing, and not call. But in that moment, they decided to call it. They decided to make that play about them, the referees, and making a call. And now we're sitting here Monday – talking for 10 minutes on this show, not about how Patrick Mahomes came back and rallied his team for second Super Bowl and where that stacks him up among the legends and the greatest of all time, not Jalen Hurts' great performance, kind of shutting people up about what he could and couldn't do as a quarterback. We're talking about whether or not a tug was enough or two tugs was enough to give them an automatic first down and potentially change the outcome in this game, and that's what I have an issue with. All right, the really important stuff, uh, how good was Rihanna last night? So, so this is interesting because I thought she was really good. So I thought I. she was really good. I'm a, I'm a big Rihanna fan, and I thought it was dope. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of men's broke hearts broken seeing her pregnant once again. Because one baby, you know, you, you're still old, but two babies, eh, it's going out the window, right? Um, but there there was a lot of argument 
we at a Super Bowl party, and there's there's women there, there's men there, and there was a whole argument after she performed whether or not it was a great performance. Because obviously, because she was pregnant, she's not having a lot of movement, right? And so I understood that. You know, I haven't been pregnant, but yeah, I but, know but, that. Here, I, here's the thing. Here's my problem I, with that. Here's my I'm, problem with that thinking. Go ahead. Right, here's yeah. my problem with that thinking. Yeah. When we go see Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake, or Pink, we go for also the entertainment side. Not only are they great singers, but dancers or athleticism. Pink does some, the, the younger Pink. She yep. did some, I don't know if you ever went to any of her concerts. No. She did some athletic shit that was crazy, hanging up above the, the stage, upside down, all kind, like, like some stuff. Rihanna and Beyonce and some of the, they have some choreography, but we're not really going for J-Lo's dancing or whatever or whatever. We're going for their sing, well, not J-Lo, but for, for Rihanna and, and for Beyonce, we're going for their singing and the whole stage performance itself. So if people are like, oh, well, she's pregnant. Dude, she looked classy. She did a really good job. It's really difficult what she was doing, hanging up yeah, there in absolutely. the air. By the way, really, I see that shaking while she's performing when they had the close up. So to me, she's not that kind of performer that we go out there and we're going to go wowed by her dancing and her movements. That's not really what her her performance is all about. There are certain performers that do that kind of stuff, like I mentioned. So to me, that was like a reach by people. I just think those people they 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 wanted the sexuality they yeah, wanted absolutely. the skin uh, they That's wanted fair. the skin of j-lo and uh and 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 um shakira you know of a couple of years ago oh, a lot okay of men. a lot of men you're yeah, saying a lot of men, obviously. Exactly. And, and you know rihanna is super sexy when she's in barbados you know what i'm saying when she's heading her parade in barbados and you see her scantily clad she couldn't do it because she was pregnant but i love the way they offset that and the performance came from everybody else and the choreography and everything else. I thought it was super cool. And I thought they used their imagination to actually Absolutely. pull off Absolutely. a great performance, actually. Absolutely. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the choreography was really good. I thought the, the whoever designed the show flow of it and the camera angles was great. Was great, you know, and, and she she was so comfortable in her setting. Talk about being pregnant. Look, I had a lot of wings last night, a lot of drinks. I could not, when I got to the gym this morning, it took me a while to do 13 minutes straight of anything. And I am not pregnant. I just had wings and drinks, you know? And so for her to be pregnant, doing what she did, I mean, obviously it wasn't a lot of movement, but she did do some movement. And she's moving between songs and keeping it flowing. And let's just keep it 100. Rihanna has never, never been this great dancer person anyway. So I'm not sure if they were expecting her to turn into these people that's never been her thing. Like she's not, she's not Alicia Keys at the piano, but she, she's, that's not her, her forte. Her forte is her singing, her flow, her, her, her swag, um, and everything she does outside Bruno, of her music. Bruno Mars, hey, Bruno Mars has a broken leg. You're going to walk yeah. away. Shit, dude, this sucks. I mean, I, he sounded great, but damn, he couldn't dance. And yeah. why? Because you know, Bruno Mars can dance his ass off. Right, so right. he's going to wow you with all kinds of moves. That's why you go to a Bruno Mars concert, not just for his singing, 
but also the entertainment side. So that's the, to me, that was the big crap that a lot of people threw out there when she's not really much of a dancer. Like, oh my God, look, did you see the moves on Rihanna? No, dude, these are the moves you want to see on Rihanna. That's it. I'm, please. I'm listening to her. I'm listening to her voice. And because like, I, to me, Rihanna's an artist. And although like she's a lot richer and makes a lot more business than, 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 than a lot of folks, but she's to me was more re relatable than a lot of these R&B artists because of how she carries herself, her swag, her flow, her music. That, to me, is a great appeal of Rihanna. Like, let's be fair. Like, Beyonce is great, and she has her beehive, and I do not want to get any beehive people upset at me. But Beyonce is like, she's the queen. She's, she's heads and shoulders above, like, like the, the, where she stands on the stage, it just kind of feels like she's, she's different than everyone else. Whereas Rihanna, she's always felt like, one of us, even though she's been all of that. And so to me, I come to see everything Rihanna is, not what she's not. And to me, yeah. what we saw with her being pregnant and her performance, I saw exactly what I thought I was going to see from Rihanna, even if she wasn't pregnant. Uh, I, maybe I, I, a little I, less movement, but to me, I was really impressed. I thought it was a great halftime show. The other thing is a lot of people love the guest performance. So everybody was like waiting desperately to, to see who she's going to bring out. Is it going to be Jay-Z? Is it going to be Eminem? And so there's probably a little bit of disappointment that it was no one. But Rihanna's a big enough artist to carry the show on her own. And I don't think she needed anyone to come out with her. Dude, her catalog, she doesn't need it. She was fine. She yep. did a great job yesterday. She yep. played a lot of her big hits, too. Uh, it was she, she. I thought she did a fantastic job overall. I have I have zero issue with it. What I like is I like variety. And yep. and so we saw several different rappers last year. Now we saw an entertainer. I've seen rockers in the past. You know, I, I've seen all kinds. And that's what I think you just got to keep doing. Just keep being diverse and keep mm -hmm. adding different uh, types of acts. And so yep. as long as it kind of goes with it. Hey, the good thing is when I saw it at the beginning, I go, hey, at least they don't have to worry about a wardrobe malfunction in this one because <laughs> everybody's covered up. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah, all. Yeah. By the way, I also love that that they made every, all the dancers were the same because of the garb that they wore. It didn't matter if you were male or female, straight or bi or gay or black or white or brown or yellow yeah. or green or whatever, or tall or short or or maybe a little thicker or a little skinnier. And that was that was kind of cool that I loved how they the 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 whole image was to kind of bring everybody together and look equally. And the act around her looked completely equal all around. I thought that was actually pretty cool. You know? Absolutely. I'm with you. I yeah. am completely with you there. All right. So what are you doing this week, Slacker? Uh, I am heading to hang with the family this week. So I'm, we're, we're flying to Philly um, tonight. I got some family and friends there. So we're going to spend a day there and then going to Washington, D.C., uh, showing baby girls some of, some of the capital and then stopping up in New York and spending a day up there before coming back here. So going to spend a uh, week up north. Um, I prefer the sun, but my wife wants a little bit of winter, um, which I don't get, but more power to her. So we're going to give her a week of winter, and then the skiing? next week. We're, you skiing? Uh, Are you no, skiing? No, 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 because no, we got the baby girl with us. And she's, oh, not, okay. she's two years old, so she's not going to be, you know, at that level yet. But we're going to do a week up north in the northeast, spend a weekend back here. Um, and then my parents are coming in town so my wife and I can go to Puerto Rico for a week, which is what I'm excited for. 
the uh, the actual warmth. So we'll spend a week out there. So a couple weeks of just hanging with the fam, doing a little vacation, and then back into combine season. So uh, trying to but squeeze the, in a little. Puerto Rico cool. is fine. Yeah, yeah, boy, that is a fun yeah. place, bro. So you'll, you'll enjoy Absolutely. yourself there. By the way, did yeah. you have any issue? Up in Adams is the show on your on your network, right? No, no, that's separate now. That's separate now. So where, where is that up? In, where's up in Adam or whatever is that thing? Where's that? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not sure if it's an Amazon Prime show or something like that. It's something that's right. completely streaming because Kay used to be on Good Morning Football, but now right. she's doing her own thing. So right, she's right. not with us anymore directly. I, I, by the way, I, I, would you, would you think of Tua canceling the rest of his interviews? I thought most of them were actually incredibly lame. Uh, I probably would say that up in Adams probably did the best one of them all. But um, yeah, she's very. She's very I, 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 it, looked, it looked like a waste of time for him, to be quite honest. But you, yeah, your thoughts? Kay, Kay, yeah, Kay's very good at um at getting people to open up and not making it feel like it's a a forced interview, right? Like the reality of Radio Row is everybody's getting there trying to sell something, right? And so as you see, Tua's got these big subway signs, and every part of the question has something to do with subway. And so he's obviously getting a lot of money from subway. Subway's making herself very known. And then he's doing this, answering football questions as he has to, right? And so it's not something where you're going to have the most uh, authentic or open conversation with Tua about football, about concussions, about life. Uh, it's really just going to be something that's a sponsor deal. And so I've never been a huge fan of the Radio Row interviews. I understand why, because you're getting stars to kind of open up and you're getting stars to talk stars who haven't talked in a while right but that's why i prefer like i've done pro bowl the last two years i enjoy doing pro bowl because guys are in a relaxed setting i'm not i'm not having to to talk sponsorships of subway or 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 a shaving company or anything i'm just getting some of the stars to open up to me period and so i always get more out of pro bowl than i think people do in radio row as far as Tua's interview i think you know him mentioning that he's going to do judo um, it's something that we kind of already knew that he was going to work on trying to fall. Now we heard that, hey, he's going to do it on a Friday and what the actual martial arts he's going to do. Um, ideally, that's something that helps him stay healthy. I think that's something that's going to be important for the offseason. Uh, him saying that the Dolphins kept him out of concussion protocol essentially to to um, make sure he's fully healthy and that he liked that. That's something that I think is, is, is notable. But, like, at the end of the day, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that there was a lot that came out of that that was newsy, but I think for most people, just hearing Tua talk um, is something that, that moved the needle for them. So I didn't get a lot out of it, but maybe fans did, uh, which is, you know, good for them. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and try to catch him in uh, Puerto Rico when he's out there in a couple of weeks. Cam, as always, <laughs> appreciate you, my brother. We'll catch you up later. Do not catch me out in Puerto Rico. I will be, I will be in a, probably in a state where I am not not wanting to talk with people because I am relaxing. I am <laughs> I am uh, uh, decompressing from the season with my wife. So if you see me, we'll wave and keep it moving. <laughs> right now, when you hang up with us, De La Soul, me, myself, I and I, put it on yep. right now, and you're going to go, oh, dude, I've heard this 8 billion times. Watch. I'll do okay. it right now. All right. All right. Here we go. The Wolfpack has been unleashed. This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. Hour number three of the program. We are ready to rock and roll. I can't believe he, he doesn't know De La Soul. 
Diggable Planets, Arrested Development, Us Three. I, I can't believe it. I mean, wow. I'm floored. I'm absolutely floored. But this is not. What what is going on there? What happened? I don't know. Oh no! I just jumped on. I had I had uh, Ira tweeted oh. something out while you were oh, on okay. the on the uh, call there on with uh, the interview with Cam. You uh-huh. know, you guys were talking about, you know, they're taking on Denver tonight. Looks like it's a healthy team. Everything's smooth. Tyler Hero yes. is now listed as doubtful for the Heat for tonight's game against Denver. Hurry up, bet Denver. How <laughs> so, the Heat are favored by one and a half is, is amazing to me. Oh, God. It's, uh, it's, it's a joke. The NBA has got a real problem, dude. It's not a heat thing. It's an NBA thing. God. It's terrible, bro. Uh, anyway, early Madonna, ultimate performer. Yeah, she was actually a very good performer. You are correct. And you you used to go to her shows also for not for her, just her songs and her music, but for the performance. You are correct. You are correct. Uh, did you see the Dan Lebatard interview with Tua? Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's get into uh, Tua. At um, listen, um, I watched most of. I, I think I saw all the interviews that were posted with Tua. Uh, pretty much most of them were lame. You know, uh, you didn't really learn a damn thing from it. It was kind of awkward. The subway thing that he had to do. Tua's not really the guy to you know because he's kind of a straight and arrow in that kind of. He is a straight and arrow guy. So he's not really going to be Mr. Personality, you know, and I don't mean anything bad by it, but that's just not his thing. It's like Russell Wilson. It's, you know, Tim Tebow. It's they're they're not really going to have these kind of personalities that are going to try to connect with people and all that kind of stuff because they're so reserved. Derek Jeter, you know, did you see Derek Jeter in the Super Bowl? Oh, would you like? Oh, I don't know. This is kind of out of my. And I'm like, get used to it. Get used to a guy that they're going to bring on that has no freaking opinion. It's like, well, why do you bring people on this way? You know, it's like if you can't do the job, then don't hire them, dude. You know what I'm saying? And certain guys, they really shouldn't be analysts or anything because if they can't critique what's going on, then it's not really going to help. You, you just can't be kissing everybody's ass because everything's not great. I love the heat to death. I love Pat Riley. I love the Arison family. They're fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, they've lost their fastball lately. They have made a bunch of bad decisions lately. And the coaching and everything, they've still been able to actually make some noise in the playoffs, which has been amazing. But I credit that to the coaches. But the front office and the ownership group, eh, they haven't done a good enough job lately. They could have done a lot better. And they've done a lot of bad decisions. Got to be, you got to be objective about this. You know what I'm saying? If not, you can't do the job. And, you know, I saw Derek Jeter yesterday. Like, well, I don't know. It's kind of out of my wheelhouse, this, that, whatever. What did you live under a freaking rock, bro? Just make a pick. Who gives a shit? You're so worried about pissing somebody off. Don't do this job because you're going to piss people off. That's the way it goes. Everybody wants to hear good about themselves, but then when they disagree with you, then that's the part that you don't want to hear. 
sorry, but that's kind of the way it goes. This is the game we play. So. Uh, it's digital. I thought it was diggable. It's digital. How come what I what did I say diggable? Hmm. Is it? Damn. My bad. Uh, oh, dude, it's diggable planets. Yeah, it's diggable planets. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you doing this to me? You trying to trying to screw with me? It's diggable planets, bro. Not digital. If you're gonna correct me, information, man. <laughs> I was gonna say it's diggable planets, digital underground, right? Right. It is digital underground. Yes, but it is diggable planets. Okay. Just this this uh, this dude here is trying to correct me, and he doesn't know he doesn't know it himself. Probably doesn't even know the music. Anyway, yeah, I, I got it right. It's the other guy we got to correct. He thinks uh, it's digital. Oh, how do you like Madonna's new look? Oh, it is fantastic. She looks so hot. You know. And to think, I, I was back in the day. Oh my God, in the eighties, I loved Madonna. Oh, I love Madonna. I thought she was an absolute and total smoke show back in those days. Man, yes, big time. For a player who's only twenty-three, Tyler Hero misses a lot of games. How come we don't consider him injury prone? No, he is injury prone. He is injury prone. Definitely injury prone. Uh, oh, what you drinking there, Flipper? What do you think? I'm drinking whiskey and you know all kinds of uh, 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 I don't know. It's doused with all kinds of uh, liquor and drugs and everything because that's what you guys want to hear. I, I I never understand that. Yes, go ahead. No, I was gonna say if they wait 30 more minutes, you start slurring. It's almost that time of the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just gotta wait to have another swig or two, and then we have a swig or two. Ready to rock. Uh, let's see. Madonna now looks like the cockroach guy from Men in Black, the first movie. Anyway, let me get back to Tua. All right, so Tua ends up canceling all his, the rest of his interviews on Radio Row. Um, I watched them all. I watched Lebitard's interview, which was, listen, Lebby and the guys, they do all kinds of wacky shit. They love uncomfortable radio. That's kind of what it, you know, a thing that they do, right? And obviously a lot of silliness. People love that shit, dude. That, that show's a monster. It's got a hell of a following, okay? And they like that. Is it my style? No, it's not my style, okay? Was it kind of silly? Oh, uh, if you died, you would have uh, sued Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins for, you know, for murder or whatever. And just silly shit. You know what I'm saying? That's all just silly bullshit, but that's kind of what they do. That's who they are. You know what I'm saying? But it was a terrible interview overall. And I, I saw all the other ones and they were 
without naming names, lame, terrible, you know, up in Adams. I guess uh, it was a, a little bit more of a um, a lively conversation, but not really any substance in there. And not that I'm expecting that much substance, but here's the, this is why I told you guys, and he even mentioned that he he could have been ready for the Pro Bowl, but he was like, well, the next football activity I'm going to do is not Dolphins-related. So it was more about being, you know, the next football activity be a Dolphins-related thing. But I told you guys, why would he want to go to the Pro Bowl anyways? Because it's all going to be about one question, the concussions. You know, the Yahoo guy was started off like, okay, what's the one question you're tired of asking so we could get out of the way? And then he mentioned the concussion thing. But all the interviews were lame. They really provided no insight. They weren't really helping Tua. Okay? So I'm glad he canceled all the interviews, including the Florio one, because Florio and Sims don't deserve the interview anyway. They've been bashing the kid for a couple of years now, and now you want to bring him on and, you know, act all chummy with him and all that kind of stuff and, you know, downplay how negative you've been towards the kid and all that. And and remember, we got a lot of people like those guys who were wrong about Tua, but now since they were wrong that he couldn't play and now he can play, well, now they'll jump on the injury thing. And that's all that it was going to be. So you're just better off doing one interview where you address the, the concussion thing and you move on and everybody gets the one answer and you turn the corner and you just move forward. You know what I mean? Because whether it was Adams talking about, well, are you, are you looking at things different? Like, are you going to, you know, because you're a father and you know, everybody wants to like scare you into retirement. They make it sound like he's the first guy with a couple of concussions. There's been lots of guys that have had a couple of concussions in a season. And then they went on to play and have a terrific career. And there's a guy in Sidney Crosby who plays hockey, which is an incredible contact sport. And he's had seven, eight, nine, ten concussions in his damn career. And he's headed to the Hall of Fame. He was gaining nothing from those interviews. His sponsor, Subways, got nothing against Subways, like Subway subs, eat them all the time. They, I don't think they were gaining anything from this either. You know? And Tua isn't really the game show type. You know what I'm saying? That's This is not who, you know, you, you take over doing that. You, you need to have, like, a more outgoing personality and, to get people involved and get them excited and you've got to add excitement to it and all that. And that's just not his thing. And then at the same time, deep down inside, he knows that he's going into those interviews and he's expecting the concussion question over and over and over again. And it can only be so much that you can take as a human being because it's the same question over and over again, or then they get to some ridiculous extremes like the guys on Levy's show did. You know, I, I thought I thought you guys were, I thought, you know, maybe you should sue them for murder if uh, if you died and this and that. You know, and half the section of that, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't rare, I, I, I don't really watch that show, so I don't know where they stand, but apparently 
after watching the show and watching that interview and watching Lebetard after, he was pointing out like half of them were really quiet. And I would imagine that that half was the half that was like to a camp play or whatever. And so now they're quiet because he's there and they can't, you know, and since they've been bashing him the whole time or something, I don't know. That's kind of the impression I got. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I might be jumping to some conclusions on that when I don't watch the show. So I don't know which one of them, if any of them were bashing him. It seems like those guys were bashing because they wanted no part of the interview. You know what I'm saying? But um, none of the interviews were any good, to be quite honest. That's all. And and I had no problem with him canceling the rest of the interviews. And whoever is butthurt, whatever. Yes, sir. Hold on a minute. I had your problem. I forgot to turn on the mic. Um, what did you think of when you heard, because you were the one saying, you know, if you were the Dolphins, this is going back to the season, that you would hold them out the rest of the season. They asked him why the protocols took so long, and he said they didn't even start the protocols until the season ended. The, the two weeks during the game, he said that they had not even, you know, it, it just yeah, because they had no, they, yeah. they had no intentions on no, playing him. No intentions. I was I found that that was like one of the only things where I was like, just because he was tired of hearing about the protocol thing, he was just like, look, Dolphins, we didn't even start the. He's like, I want. I think he said he wanted to play, but the Dolphins were not going to even right. start until after. The protocols. His crazy ass would have played the week after, dude. That's what his crazy ass did. But they's like, you know, we have no intentions, and I'm glad the Dolphins did that. There was no, there's no reason to play him this year. You, he, he's done enough. He's put himself enough at risk. Now he needs to move on and and turn the corner. And I, I think we talked about this already. The judo stuff. I took judo for a few years when I was in private school. Uh, and, and it does teach you how to fall and it's has stuck with me forever. It helped me, um, when I was skiing once that I almost water skiing and, um, they, they were dropping me off on the, on the coast, right. As I was skiing, they were dropping me off where you would ski right into, you know, like the lower and the shallow part. And then you know, you're, you're right there at the, at the base of the beach, you know, that kind of stuff. And I ended up hitting some rocks and it ended up catapulting me forward. And, and, and in catapulting me forward, I then did the somersault to then kind of break my fall. And that all came from, from judo. And when I stopped, there was like this rock that was right there. When I rolled over and I and I was able to brace myself, it was a rock. Another time, I was snow skiing. And I remember that I was on a... Is it... It's yellow, green, and then blue, right? And then... And then it's black and then double black, right? Or, or, there, or, or, is, or is there a double blue or something like that? I know it was like um it wasn't it wasn't on a black or a double black. I did a double black and my god, I almost got myself killed. But it was kind of a kind of testy. I don't know, maybe it might have been blue or maybe a I don't know if there's another level before black. And I was, you know, cutting going back and forth, cutting sideways, you know, lifting snow and all that kind of stuff. And and in one where I ended up falling and again, 
I broke my fall by being able to spin my body. And when I stopped, I stopped at a log that was in front of me. And, and that's because I didn't fall where I was like completely out of control. I was trying to break my fall by turning over and doing the things that I learned in judo years ago. So this will help him. Now, it's not going to help you. That last concussion, judo ain't going to help you on that one. Because you were already off balance. And you were going to land the way you were going to land. You weren't really going to have a chance to roll on that one. So it's not going to help you in every case. But there are cases where, you know, I, I've, I've caught myself where you're going to trip. And you know you're going to fall. But you're already bracing for the fall because you're getting ready to roll. And these are things that you do learn in judo. And it, and it has stuck with me, and it's something natural for me for the rest of my life. Again, I'm not going to tell you every time you've ever fallen in your life, you're going to be able to learn how to break that fall. Some of them are going to be off balance, and you have no choice. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that you cannot control sometimes. But there are moments that you will be able to control and brace and break your fall. And hopefully, you know, those are the moments where judo comes in. But he's, you know, it's one of those things that he's going to need to continue to take it for a while. So it because I took it for several years, like three years it was. So at least it was burned into me because I was doing it every week. You know, we had judo class every single week. Can't tell you about, you know, my 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 daughter got the brown belt in karate. Um, but in judo, I can definitely tell you that it will help you in breaking your fall. Eric says, wow, it's diggable planets. I looked it up. I always thought it was digital planets. My bad, Big O. I learned something today. I gave Eric props for not knowing the fact, that fact. Okay. The perception is that since he's been in the league, it's that Tua's frail and he's injury prone. The media speculation is built on that. And that's what sells. Well, of course, definitely. But I mean, listen, he hasn't held up and he's had the injuries. So he's got to kind of break that mold too and kind of show people that he can stay healthy so he can change perception. But it's going to take a couple of years of him staying away from injuries for people to say, oh, okay, he got over the hump and he's figured things out. One year won't be enough. It'll, it'll need at least a couple before you're able to really, you know, do it. Uh, are you telling us, Big O, that you know judo and Sean knows wrestling? Who would win that match? Sean wins every time. Every time. What have we learned, Big O? Should not do any type of skiing, snow or water. I'm still here, bro. Okay? And if you think you're not going to fall, you're going to fall always. It's going to happen. And by the way, if I'm skiing to be dropped off on the side of the coast, that's actually I'm a pretty good skier. You know? <laughs> that's usually what it means. So... I actually can ski. I have no problem skiing. And even on one ski, water. Now, I've never done snow skiing on one, but I've done plenty of water skiing on one. So, 
Uh, judo isn't going to help you when you have a 300-pound linebacker coming at you to rip your head off. As uh, and Actually, no, uh, it will help you. It will help you as you if they hit you that you you can learn to turn around or you can learn to spin and brace your body for 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 the fall. See, the thing is, Zach, you're talking and you don't know because you've never actually taken judo. But judo, yes, can teach you how to fall. So there will be times on a football field where you're going to be able to use it. You know, sometimes um, if you, like, dive into the end zone and some people dive and they're all screwed up, if if you know how to dive, that you know how to then roll to break your fall, you'll be fine. You know, so it will help you. Is it going to help you in every situation? I told you it won't. But there are times where you're going to be able to get hit and you could find a way to brace and 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 roll off the hit. No, no doubt about it. Uh, yes, we are going to Canton this year, Brent. Yes, we are. Yes, we are uh, going to Canton. We'll get uh, our sponsors hopefully behind it. We'll be going to the Combine. We'll be going to Canton. We went to uh, the Senior Bowl. So, yes, we will be uh, We will be going to Canton. I got to uh, prepare everything already for our trip to uh, to Canton. But, yes. And by the way, if your business wants to be a part of our platform, 786-754-4664, that is our business line. If you want to support our our platform, if you want to expose your business to a uh, large audience, locally, statewide, nationally, internationally, great for branding purposes, please reach out to our business line at 786 754 4664. Appreciate all of you out there as always. Don't forget, baby, we got a great deal going on with Nature B right now. 85 cents a day, 200 cap supply, which is 100 days at 85 cents. Go to naturebee.com slash big O and you will get a free Manuka honey lip balm for free. All right? For free. So enjoy it. What else do we have going on in the world of Deportes here? Heat beat the Magic 107-103. There are seven games above 500. Uh, they're favored by one and a half. Oh, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. With the Tyler News. Let me see what Let me see if the line shifted now with the Tyler News. Let's see. See where we're at now. No, it's still oh, Denver's favored by one and a half now. See, you had a chance to take Denver plus the points. Now it's like, like we talked about in the interview that it would swing the other way. It has swung the other way now, and Denver is favored by a point and a half at the Miami Dade Arena tonight at 7:30. Panthers, by the way. Saturday lost to the Avalanche 5-3. to three. They're in the 10th spot with 58 points. The 8th spot is at 61 points right now. So they've got a, another team to climb over to get to that 8th spot. Tonight they take on the Wild, and the Wild are favored by a goal and a half. 
they're going to go through a stretch here with a few games that they're actually facing a few playoff teams, a couple non-playoff teams. So we'll see how the uh, Cats handle it. But it's been it's been ugly, man. It has been an ugly situation. What else do we have? Oh, man, did you see we had some really depressing news in the NFL yesterday? This is the kind of stuff that uh, the, the NFL is mourning today, isn't it? I mean, flags everywhere should be at half staff around the NFL. Every logo flag out there that's outside of a team facility should be at half staff this year the, on, on this day. Chad Henney has announced his retirement. I'm not sure if the NFL can go on without Chad Henney. I don't know about that. I got to tell you, after stealing money for, I mean, after being in this league for so many years, he has called it quits. The great Chad Henney. How will, how will Pat Mahomes move forward without Chad Henney in the quarterback room? Will Pat Mahomes lose confidence without Chad Henney backing him up. You know, it's kind of like that that big brother of yours. You know, he's 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 joining you for the fight cuz you got some problems on and after school. And you're about yay big and your brother's about this big and you feel great cuz big brother's behind you for that fight, right? That's what it's like. I mean, Pat Mahomes goes into every game knowing, I got Chad Henney behind me. The legend that is Chad Henney. I, really, I, I don't know how the Kansas City Chiefs are going to move forward. I can't wait to see Matt Verderam on Wednesday when we have to now talk about the retirement of Chad Henney. Think about that. You have put your franchise at a real deficit now. I don't know how they find a guy to provide the leadership, the stability that Chad Henney brings to the table every single week. It's amazing to me, man. I got to tell you. And the league. I mean, I, I think everybody should retire the Chad Henney jersey. Every, every team, especially the Dolphins who drafted that man with the 50th overall pick. The great Chad Henney. Damn. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him big time. Uh, big O, that tweet that Gronk was bigger than everyone else, that was, uh, and no, no, he was, he's bigger. You can tell. You can tell when he was standing. Forget camera angle, bro. He was towering over those guys. He really is bigger. The thing is that Strahan and um, and um, Howie really aren't that big. That's that's the real deal. But Gronk, my God, you could tell Gronk is just absolutely towering. Uh, Bitcoin should sponsor you, Big O. I don't think they're a company, bro. They're not really out there, you know, throwing money around. Uh, Richard Ray, thank you for the love on the super chat. And remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. You can even make a Bitcoin donation at Cash Big O Show. 
Um, Richard Ray says, Big O, I just realized that between Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, they lost seven quarterbacks for at least one game last season. It's fair to say that this is a deficiency in their system. No, it's just bad luck. That's all. Don't look too much into it, bro. It's just bad luck. That's all. And Tua has been dealing with injuries for several years now. That has nothing to do with Mike McDaniel. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a big deal. And Garoppolo has been getting injured every year of his career, uh, pretty much. So there's nothing new there also. Those are injury-prone uh, players. It's on them, not on... It's just bad luck. That's all. You know? The great Henny will need to have a statue in Kansas City, Jacksonville, Miami. I think so. I think so. You know the the you know the song Chad Henney is a joke. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's um Oh god, what's the name of those people that they um they did the Ted Ginn song too. Uh Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn wins everything. Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. Uh, what's the name of? Uh, oh man, I forgot the name of that band that they um, that they did the uh, the Chad Henney song and the Ted Ginn song. They're they're an Ohio State band. They do stuff for, I, or they're Buckeyes fans and they do songs for Ohio State. Dead Shimbecklers. That's it. The. The, Shem, the what is it, Shembecklers? What? Dead Shembecklers. At least that's what it says dead on here. That's it. That's it. The dead Shembecklers. Yeah. We used to play that uh that Ted Ginn song all the time. I don't know if I still have the Ted Ginn song. Let me see if I let me see if I can come up. If I can come up with the Ted Ginn song, that would be absolutely strong on my part. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Let me see if I have it here. Used to play it all back in the day on the show. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Um, I do have some Ted Ginn stuff, but I'm trying to find it. Oh, I don't think it's playing. I don't hear you. No, I don't have you. You're muted. You're muted. Okay, I'm sorry. There we go. Well, it looks like it changed. Uh, you're not on your microphone anymore. You're on the webcam. No, you're on the webcam. Okay, so now I've got to... Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, are we better now? Yeah, That now we got your mic good. Okay, all right, good. Did you guys get Ted Ginn? Did no, nothing it? Nothing came through. It muted you and everything went silent. Oh, really? Oh, guys, come on. Oh, Magoo, you dropped it again. Oh, yes. Gonna get you. Let's see. It muted you again. You're muted, though. Yeah, it eats you as soon as you play it, whatever you're doing. Now? 
Yeah, we can hear it, but we're hearing it through the webcam. No? Yeah, it's it's low. It's low, but it, we can hear it. So you weren't hearing that at all? No, we could hear it that time, but we're hearing it through your webcam. When you you don't have it playing through the uh, streamyard. Why is it automatically switching over to uh, the webcam when I can switch it, the bastards? You're, you must have something set up on streamyard to allow it to go to whatever's playing, because it automatically switched to your hear the playing of the song. How about now? Yeah, you're back on your mic now. You're good. Who built the Sphinx and Pyramids? Who built the Eiffel Tower? Then who tore down the Berlin Wall with marble superpower? Who fought off giant asteroids to keep the Earth from dying? Who led the troops in World War II and then saved Private Ryan? Take it! Take it! Take it! Take it! Everything! Take it! Take it! Who made the earth? Who made the sun? Who saved the baby seal? Who was the first in history to give a suitcase wheel? Who built the ark while no one slept to turn that into gold? Who got your cat down from the tree when you were four years old? Take it! Take it! Take it! Did everything! Take it! Take it! Take it! Did everything! Take it! Whoa! We are talking big ten football excitement from the money banks of the Olentangy. Oh my, Ohio State Buckeyes taking on those Nancy boys of Ann Arbor, the Michigan Wolverines. Tekken, snapping the ball back to himself, lateraling off Tekken, leading back. Oh my, he's thrown it 100 yards and caught it for the win in Ohio State victory. Lloyd Carr left to wring out his pink frilly panties. Woman. There you go. You ever heard that, Sean? Did you know about that song? No, huh? <laughs> we used to play it all the time. When we had Ted Ginn on the team and all that stuff, we used to do that all the time. Those of you, of course, that have been with us for a long time, you probably remember that song that we used to play. Uh, what's, what are the chances we get dinged by YouTube? 100%? Maybe, maybe not? I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go 50 just because it's audio. I don't know if it's going to pick it up. If we would have done like a video, right. definitely 100. But with that, maybe oh, 50. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, Eddie Lepp says, I'm guessing that was Cam Cameron's favorite band. Yeah, so they uh, they are big Ohio State uh, uh, people, so they do uh, Bo Schembechler, Dead Schembechler, whatever. Um, uh, Brian says, uh, what did you learn from these two Super Bowl teams on what the Dolphins need to do to complete the teams like the Eagles and the Chiefs? Personally, I don't think uh, Tua can do what Pat and Jalen did. Well, then then there's no, nothing else to talk about then. I hope we don't get dinged by by Ted Ginn. Well, that that could happen. That's a possibility. And his family. Okay. And his family. That's right. It's very important. EJD Construction. 
Call Eric right now, folks. Custom home construction, major home remodeling, 305-433-4843, and fully insured. So that way you know when EJD Construction steps into your home and everybody else working with them, they are fully insured. You will not get sued. Be careful. If you hire the wrong people, they come to work at your home. Somebody gets injured, you are liable. They can actually sue you. So make sure whoever you have working in your home is fully insured in today's world because you know, let me tell you something, these workers, they know the laws better than you do because they know how to take advantage of them and take advantage of you. EJD Construction, uh, they do shell, shell construction in-house. That's how they keep the cost down, folks. 305-433-4843, Dade and Broward counties only. So not in Palm Beach, folks. Only Dade and Broward County, 305-433-4843. A lot of you are calling because you've got to upgrade and update your roof now. Those of you that live in homes that are older than 20 years, insurance companies are not renewing your policies. And when hurricane season rolls around, you need to be protected here in South Florida. Flood insurance, all of that, you need it. Well, if you got to fix your roof, call EJD Construction. They can upgrade your roof so you can pass an inspection and get that new policy headed into 2023 hurricane season. 305-433-4843. All right, all right, all right. So um, Dave from De La Soul passes away at the age of 54. Sadly, dealing with, uh, with some, um, some heart issues. Uh, 54 years old. I, I see these things, and this is why I say every day, like I told you when I started the show, that it's just a blessing to be here. Uh, at 56, I almost feel like, you're playing with fire every single day of your life nowadays because you see people just pass away at much younger ages, and it's just sad. Uh, the other bit of news that came out is uh, U2 ha has announced their residency in Las Vegas. The new Sphere is uh, is coming to Las Vegas. Uh, last time I've uh, the last couple times that I've been there, I've watched the Sphere being built, and it's uh, behind the link. Actually, if you know where where that's at, uh, it's behind the link. And so you two, it's interesting. I I will definitely I, I'm I'm going to be in Vegas for this for at least one show. At least one show. I'm going to try to go to multiple shows here. But you two, from Dublin to Sin City for Las Vegas residency this fall, they will they have announced it uh that uh they will be um performing uh by the way um they will be playing octon baby concerts at the new state-of-the-art msg sphere in the venetian in las vegas a four-minute version of the spot you can find by the way it's all over the internet fans can register at u2xsphere.com to receive updates regarding tickets and show dates. The concerts will take place without U2's drummer Larry Mullen, who previously announced that he would not be performing with the group in 2023. It's going to take all we've got to approach this fear without our bandmate in the drum seat, but Larry has joined us in welcoming Bram Vandenberg, who is a force in his own right. The other members of YouTube said via a statement, this fear show has been in the works for a long time, 
We don't want to let people down, least of all our audience. The truth is we miss them as much as they appear to miss us. Our audience was always the fifth member of the band. The statement continued. Bottom line, U2 hasn't played live since December of 2019, and we need to get back on stage and see the faces of our fans again and what a unique stage they're building for us out in the desert. We're, we're the right band, Octum Baby, the right album, and the sphere, the right venue to take the live experience of music to the next level. That's what YouTube's been trying to do all along with our satellite stages and video installations. More memorable on the Zoo TV tour, which ended in Tokyo 30 years ago this fall. So Billboard reported that the 7,500-seat 7, venue cost $1.8 billion. It's the largest uh, spherical structure ever created. It will create 160,000 square feet of video viewing space. Uh, Sphere uh, officials describe the technology as interior immersive display, state-of-the-art audio, and an exterior uh, exosphere that changes the building's look via fully pro programmable LED technology. In their statement, U2's excitement to open the venue, the sphere is more than just a venue. It's a gallery, and U2's music is going to be all over the walls, it declared Bono was coy about the prospect of U2 Vegas residency when the subject came up during a January appearance on the Smartless podcast co-hosted by Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. We have signed on off it, but if we do, if we do sign off on this, I will say that if we can pull it off, what we're talking about is nothing like we've ever done before. It's nothing like Las Vegas has ever seen before. U2 will also release Songs of Surrender, a new album featuring reinterpretations of 40 classic songs from their catalog on St. Patrick's Day. So we got a lot to look forward to for those of us that are YouTube fans and want to go there. The only part that sucks is that Larry Mullen will not be a part of it. That's the part that sucks because I've never seen a YouTube concert without Larry Mullen Jr. being at the at the kit. And unfortunately, he will not be at the kit. You can look for the video all over the place. Just put put YouTube live, Octum Baby at the Sphere. And I love that they're going to do. I, I went recently, not recently, God, it was several years ago already, to the um, uh, Joshua Tree tour that they re. I mean, I went to the original Joshua Tree tour. I saw it a couple times. But then they redid it and replayed all the songs, and it was awesome. And Octum Baby is a phenomenal album. So I'm glad that they're going to be doing the entire album. That is going to be awesome. Awesome. I gotta see them in uh I gotta see them in uh in Dublin. That's the other thing I want to do with uh with the next tour. I saw you two at the Orange Bowl years ago. Great show. Yes. Um, I Well, I remember the uh, Joshua Tree Tour was at the Orange Bowl. If, I, if I'm correct, I think that might have been the last U2 concert at the Orange Bowl, right? Yeah. Because I saw that at the Orange Bowl, and then I saw it at the Sombrero the next day in Tampa. And I want to say that that was the last concert there for you too that was a long time ago long 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 time ago 
By the way, you're seeing Hialeah Park there. We'll be there on Thursday, and boxing is returning. Una gran noche de boxeo cubano. Once again, baby, Guillermo Regandao will be returning to the ring Friday, February 24th. Uh, we've got Ali Rodriguez, De La Torres, um, Las Calle, uh, a couple of uh, young Cuban boxers that are up-and-coming guys that could be real stars, and this will be your opportunity to see some of these stars and obviously see Guillermo wrap up a fantastic career. Should be awesome. Go to HialeahPark.com. And by the way, Check out Hialeah Park and the loosest slots out there. Great place to hang out and relax. Great food, great atmosphere. Second floor poker room is always awesome. TVs everywhere so you can keep up with everything. The lovely ladies, and I mean lovely ladies, they're at Hialeah Park. will serve you drinks and food all the time there. And you can keep up with any of the racing going on around the country and any of the sporting events also going around. So go check it out at Hialeah Park. Dot com. Uh, Red says, saw you two in their infancy at Fort Myers. Nobody knew who they were. Are you talking about the war tour? Uh, they went to the Sunrise Musical Theater uh, for that one. I don't know where they went to in Fort Myers, but I think that's the one you're talking about, which is 1983, I want to say, 82, something like that, I want to say, one of the two. So that's probably what you're talking about, because that's the year they came to for the war tour at the Sunrise Musical Theater. Who's going to ride your wild horses? It's a great song. Uh, Dougie Fresh says, Larry Mullins is one of the most unique rock drummers ever. Listen to Sunday Bloody Sunday and you will never find another drum part that has ever sounded like that or played that rhythm it's genius he is uh, they're all phenomenal uh, musicians they don't get enough credit for how good they are as musicians and and edge for me is one of the most underrated guitarists of all time okay and he'll never be put in the same category with eddie van halen and jimmy hendrix and you know, he's not considered to fly through the frets like Igvi Momstein or, you know, or something like that. But um, this is a guy that, you know, I know you're not going to put him in George Benson's class, you know, things like that, that we could talk about all kinds of different types of guitarists and, you know, Eric Clapton and things like that. But the sounds that the creativeness behind his guitar work is second to none to anybody in the history of, of, of music. Just to me, the, I, I think his craftiness is as elite as it gets. I don't think there's anybody more creative than he is with the kind of sounds that he gets out of his guitar and the different types of songs that he has written, you know, over time. I, I think he just goes completely under the radar. Totally. And will never be looked at like that. But I, I really believe when it comes to the, the, the creative part of it, he is one of the most creative guitarists I've ever seen in my life. And yet he'll never be in any kind of conversation. You know, it's kind of like when you talk drums and and you uh, and you talk Terry Bozio and you're like and most people are like, huh, what? 
And oh, hey, it's the missing persons guy. Oh, get out of here. You know, that just like that. And they won't know how great this freaking guy is, you know, but that's usually the way it is, you know. Red says, love Jay Giles, but didn't know you two was pleasantly surprised at that moment in time. Oh, didn't know was pleasantly surprised at that moment in time. Yeah. And Jay Giles is phenomenal. Yeah. Red says, yeah, must be 83. Sounds right. Yeah. You're talking about the war tour. I know. I lived it. I lived it. Big ol', let's face it, Finns should never have given up on Chad Henney. He's a Super Bowl champion for a reason. He still should be our – he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, sir. Get your shit straight, okay? Art of the sport. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, okay? Chad Henney is one of a kind. I'm with you. They, they gave the wrong quarterback seven years. They should have given it to Chad Henney. That happens. Dolphins easily win the Super Bowl. Like, easily. Cake. Oh, maybe several times over with the great Chad Henney. I'm with you, sir. I'm with you all the way. When sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT, CPA, Sports Business. Report. Arise, arise, arise. So Carmelo Anthony and former Sean WWE co-presidents have launched a sports fund. George Barrios and Michelle Wilson are partnering with the 10-time NBA star Carmelo Anthony, and they're launching a firm called ISOS7 Sports Investments. So I'm not sure Law 7 or Los 7s or whatever. I don't know. Says, we have a shared vision for how a new wave of diverse investors will identify global growth opportunities and impact the marketplace, said Barrios and Wilson. Of the $750 million expected fresh capital, the firm hopes to provide between $50 and $100 million per investment to a global list of sports in entities from leagues to teams. The firm will also donate 1% of its profits to support underrepresented populations and undeserved communities. So first of all, Sean, are you uh, familiar with George Barrios and Michelle Wilson? Um, they were presidents within the WWE executives, uh, so I'm not really, you know, I've heard the names. I don't know necessarily. I know they're they're part of the executive team with WWE. Why is it that when I see something like this, it's kind of like the A Rod thing? Like, yeah, it's the last thing I want to invest in. When I see A-Rod, like in sports investment and uh, advice, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want your advice, dude. And then I see this and I'm like, hey, you know, so. I don't know about this. Would you trust Mello with your money? I know Mello loves his money. He might also love your money, too. I'm not sure, man. I got to tell you. 
That is one that I'd be a little nervous saying, yeah, I'm all in with you, Mello. By the way, KSDTCPA's office is in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, 305-670-3370. So if you live in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, by the way, we've got an office coming to you in North Carolina very soon. From healthcare advisory to property management to wealth management, they help you. Not just with your personal taxes, your business taxes, but they can help you with your business, period, man. Payroll, sales. Um, uh, personal finance, tax planning, international taxation. If you're looking to sell your business, there's so many ways that they can help you. Accounting services, assurance, they do it all, folks. Check it out at KSDTCPAs and give them a ring. Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach counties, 305-670-3370. Offices in Dadeland, offices in Weston, and in West Palm Beach. Tell them that Big O sent you. They will definitely take care of you. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. Kevin Beal, thank you for the love on Venmo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show on Cash App or Venmo. Kevin says, Big O, just reminiscing. Watch the 2001 playoff game against the Colts in which Fiedler threw, I believe, four interceptions and we somehow won. Last time we won a playoff game, we then stick with Fiedler four more years and miss playoffs in all of them with a stacked defense. I know. I know. Fiedler was a a serviceable uh, quarterback. The injuries took a toll on him on the back end there the last couple of years where he wasn't necessarily a super gifted guy. Injured made him even less gifted. And so that was kind of rough on him, but um, yeah, they 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 you know no nobody will ever tell you that that Jay Fiedler was a a franchise quarterback and all that stuff. They should have done better. Yeah, um, I have nothing against Fiedler. I'm a Fiedler fan. I admire him. Got my Fiedler bobblehead here. I'm loyal to Jay, but I know that he wasn't you know the special guy. I get it. And that's, you know, Wani's problem, and he could not fix it. And that's because he kept depending on the defense and the running game and and the kicking game, and he thought he can build a, you know, a dominant enough team that all you need is a quarterback to be serviceable and be, you know, uh, what's that called? A, a facilitator on his best day. But the, that team was never that dominant to be that, unfortunately. And you needed a quarterback that could make some throws and make some plays, and and Jay could only do so much. So yeah, it was uh, it was tough, man. It was tough, but I, I'll tell you this: I covered the guy, and his heart could never be measured. That that dude, that dude left it all on the field. I got to admit. So anyway. Uh, what else do we have going on in the world of sports? I think I got all the super chats there. I did. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so we got the the Super Bowl done in Arizona. 
Now, next stop is Las Vegas. And um, hopefully, Sean and I will be in Las Vegas next year. Oh, New Orleans. I'm sorry. New Orleans, then Las Vegas. Then Vegas. And hopefully, Sean and I will be at the next two uh, Super Bowls, maybe even Radio Row, actually. Uh, so we will uh, we will try to do all of that. And uh, but although I'll try my best to to change things up on Radio Row, okay, that I will. But Vegas, they've got the Super Bowl coming in two years. They've got Formula One in November. They're hosting the 2028 Men's Final Four. So now you've got, you know, college football playoff game is something else that they're going for. That's the thing about Vegas now. Vegas is, has put themselves in a position now where they can host any and every kind of sporting event, whereas, you know, it was all taboo to go to Vegas. For pro teams to make it a home, for sports, big time sporting events to be there and now that has all changed it's pretty amazing how we have changed our well you know how society has changed a lot of us excuse me we wanted gambling to be a part of all of this you know what i mean it wasn't like anything new to us that we didn't want gambling of course we want gambling to be a part of this what the hell doesn't do anything for us that it's you know that it's not part of it It, it, we all benefit from it it's entertainment people people plenty of people are making money companies that are running this stuff and and um and uh what's it called running the the uh these uh betting companies they're getting the business so everybody, you know, there's 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 work being developed from all of this. So everybody is benefiting. Listen, those that have an addiction, they're going to find a way to do things no matter what, whether they're legal or illegal. It didn't matter if you were drinking. It didn't matter if you're smoking. It doesn't matter if you're betting. It doesn't matter if you want to have sex. You know, whatever you make illegal, people are going to find a way to use and do it. And anybody that has an addiction will go and abuse it either way, whether it's legal or illegal. Hell, they might even abuse it worse if it's illegal. Uh, Didn't Fiedler grow up with Anthony Mason? I think his family, yeah, I think there was something about that. Yeah, there's something there. I forgot how the story goes, but I think you're on to something. I forgot about it. There you go. Yes, sir. Just to correct uh, myself, you were correct. Uh, 58 is in Vegas. 59 is in New Orleans. Okay, so next year Vegas. Yes, you were 100% correct. You were right, yes. Right, right. Next year Vegas, the year after New Orleans. But either way, uh, hopefully we will be at both because those are two Super Bowls that I'd like to go to. Yeah. Definitely would like to go to. You know what? I haven't checked. I haven't checked if there's any good concerts uh, in Indianapolis while I'm there. Um, and uh, I, I get back. I get back on my wife's birthday. It's like terrible. And I have to come back on the Saturday, not on the Friday. Sucks. But anyway. 
yeah. But I'm I'm I gotta check to see if there's any concerts in the in the indie area. Hey, listen, all of you out there, you can be my producers right now. Tell me if there are any concerts between February 28th and March 4th that are any good in the Indianapolis area. So maybe I'm up there. I can actually enjoy a concert. That would be actually good if there's a, a good show. I don't know if there will be. My luck, there won't be a good show there at all. Brett says, Vegas and New Orleans buffets beware. Big O and Sean are headed your way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just won't. If they have hot dogs on the buffet, I won't be eating the hot dogs. Okay. Brian says, looking back, the thing that gets me in the 2005 draft when Miami passed on Aaron Rodgers for Ronnie Brown, everybody passed on Aaron Rodgers. Ronnie Brown was a second overall pick, and Aaron Rodgers went like 24, 25 in the first round. Everybody passed on Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And, and, and why did everybody pass on Aaron Rodgers? Let's also not let's lose let's not lose perspective. Uh, Jeff Tedford, right? I believe that's the name of the head coach that was there at Cal back then. Look it up for me. Is it Jeff Tedford? I want to say. Well, he had a string of failed Cal quarterbacks that kept coming out, and so Aaron got the label of the other soft Cal quarterbacks. Kyle Bowler, um, God, there was another guy. There was a like a run on on quarterbacks from Cal, and they were they were busting and busting and busting. So Aaron Rodgers was kind of being labeled that, and I got to tell you that a lot of people, even in the in the NFL, they didn't have a high opinion of Aaron Rodgers. They thought he was also a product of the system. OK. And and so they, they he ended up getting that label. I remember David Cantor. David Cantor is an agent. He lives in town and he is the agent for X, by the way, and many other dolphins over the years and maybe a couple of the current dolphins that I'm kind of uh, brain farting on right now. But I remember this. Um, Aaron Rodgers came down to a workout in the Orange Bowl, okay? And I was there for that workout. And all, uh, the, it was for a couple of years we had draft picks go there. Have you seen the open to the show where, where Sean plays this thing that I'm with all kinds of different athletes and artists and entertainers and all that kind of stuff? One of them is Greg Olson, who was on last night. And Greg was at one of those events, too, in the Orange Bowl before he was going to the NFL. And it was kind of uh, like a um, a little combine entertainment thing that they would do. And Aaron was there, and he threw darts all over the place. And that day, David Cantor goes, that guy, he told me, that guy's going to be a star. I don't care what anybody tells me. David Cantor was one of the few people that offseason, scouts, general managers, personnel directors, media, out of all the people we would talk to, David Cantor was one of the very, very minute people. In fact, he's the only one that told me, I don't care what anybody tells me, that guy is going to be a star. I will always remember that about David. 
because I remember the context of everything. And that's why when you mentioned it, I want to bring up the context of it. Okay. And, and I'm trying to remember any of the, it wasn't only Kyle Bowler. It was somebody else that also failed. I forgot what it was, but there was a run on a couple of guys from, from that, from, from Tedford's classes that were just chokers that they just failed miserably. And a lot of people thought that Rogers was going to fall under that same label of, yeah, I know those cow quarterbacks don't transfer over. What you got for me? Is it, is it Jeff Tedford? Am I right? Yes. It's the winningest coach in California university of California history, Jeff Tedford. And then there's, I'm trying to look up right now. Um, it's coming up. Let me see something. The quarterbacks here. that were, it was Trent Dilfer, Achilles Smith. Oh, Wait, oh no, it's something different. I'm trying to find uh, the history of Cal quarterbacks. Just because I know it wasn't only Kyle Bowler. Okay, here we go. List of Bears starting quarterbacks. Here we go. Where are we at now? Aaron Rodgers. Kyle Bowler before him. Mike Pulowski. What is it? Justin Vetter. Pat Barnes. God, I don't remember those guys coming out with that kind of kind of um, fanfare like Kyle Bowler did. Kyle Bowler came out with a lot of fanfare. And then Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it hey was yo. Pat Barnes. Yes, sir. All right, so I got uh, – this is from a Bleacher Report article. It says, here are some of the names who played collegiately under Tedford. Joey Harrington, Kyle That's Bowler. That's what it was. It wasn't just Kyle, right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Joey Harrington, Kyle Bowler, Trent Dilfer, Achilles Smith – A.J. Feely, David Carr. Right. That's what it was. That a lot of his quarterbacks, that's what it was. And is it was it Jeff? Did, did I get that right? Yeah, it was Jeff Tedford, yeah. Right. He's, he's the exactly. winningest coach in California, University of California history, by the way, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It, you and know what? that was kind of his thing, that Tedford quarterbacks did not transfer well to the next level. Here's and the article. Of them, Trent Trent Dilfer was a failure. It's just, you know, at the back end of his career, you know, uh, he landed in Tampa and, and all he had to do was make a couple of passes every game and and that's it. That's why. The the main the story is called Aaron Rodgers will flop just like every other Tedford product. That was the name of the there story. You <laughs> there you go. Context. Exactly. I remember it, bro. I remember it all. I remember all of this like it was yesterday. You know, that's why I had to add context to it, you know, about Aaron Rodgers, because I remember when he came out, it was a whole Tedford thing. It, he, he was held against, you know, people underestimated him because of Ted. And it wasn't his fault. Or Jeff, I'm sorry, because of Jeff Tedford. So, yeah. So, there you go. Told you. I, uh, you know, I, I don't have Omar Kelly memory. I have a I have a pretty good encyclopedia in here 
of uh of a bunch of crap that's happened in the past and i do it all the time i i, I usually i usually can remember uh most of the stuff i mean you're not going to remember everything there's just too much crazy shit at times that, you, that goes on in your life that sometimes you don't remember uh cool story big oh thanks amazing how far rogers slid that year and how many teams effed up yeah and that's because of the the tedford thing it was just we were blaming tedford because all his quarterbacks were were just chokers and they would never come through and it was like oh aaron Rodgers, another tedford guy and and it was so unfair to aaron Rodgers. context ladies and gentlemen you need it if you don't have it then you don't really approach things the right way the jets are already acquiring about aaron Rodgers, and you've got Derek Carr telling the I love how Derek Carr is telling the Raiders go play in traffic get out of my face I'm denying every trade you're not getting a draft pick for me you have crapped on me I'm tired of crapping on I'm tired of you crapping on me and what now I'm going to let you trade me so you can get no 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 I'm going to pick the team I want to go to I'm going to get the the contract I want to go to I'm going to get pe people are desperate for quarterbacks. They need me. So I'm going to play the Saints against the the Jets, uh, against the Raiders. And, and well, not the Raiders in his case, but same thing that Aaron Rodgers and everything else. They're, they're going to play them against each other. So now you're going to have the Raiders and the Jets fighting for Aaron Rodgers. The loser will probably end up with Garoppolo. I still think that he's going to try to leverage his way to new orleans but he's going to have to use other teams to try to get more money out of new orleans but if you're new or new orleans at least you're going to give up the cap space but you're not giving up the pick or picks i don't know what 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 the deal was between those two but now you've got the jets and the the part with the jets that becomes kind of intriguing if you want to call it that way they have a window folks your team is pretty good and you you've hit on some picks but if you don't hit on the quarterback you're never going to take advantage of the window you have with the jets then the players get not too old for you they get old that you got to pay them now because they've got a lot of young guys that they've drafted and they've hit on the last couple of years but those guys are going to play and then eventually you're going to have to pay them and you won't have the same kind of room so this is the opportunity now to actually get that quarterback. So the, the Jets are going to be in an incredibly desperation mode to trade for Aaron Rodgers or to make the move for Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr, if you're the Jets. But you've got to get the quarterback now. Now, the thing is, You've got to do it now because eventually when you've got to pay all those other guys, you will not have the same cap space. You will not be able to keep everybody and you will start to lose some of the players that you hit on. That's why for the Dolphins, it's very important now that you figure shit out over the next two years because Miami is going to tag the kid and he's going to they're going to own him for the fifth year and then they can negotiate a new deal in the sixth year. Tua has no leverage now. Zero what you know some guy sent me a text oh my god uh i forgot what quarterback they're they're going to be off asking for a whole bunch of money they better tag to i'm like dude relax there's two has no leverage here zero leverage 
nothing, nada, nay. He, unfortunately, because of his injury history and this year dealing with the concussions, he has nothing. He's fortunate to get his fifth-year option. And, and it's the smart move by the Dolphins because if the kid does figure it out next year and he is able to stay healthy, then you've already built up a year. And in that second year, he's going to be worth a lot of money and you're going to have to pay. But the good thing is you've bought yourself that window for the next two years that you don't have to pay him big money. But you do have more than enough cap space to complete a team around them to try to win that title. But for the Jets, they've got to go find the guy now. Because they've also hit on a few guys that they're going to have to re-sign. And look, Brees Hall, you've already lost a year of his due to injury. So he's got to come back next year, coming back from a knee injury. So he's got to overcome that. And as we all know, you're not going to be yourself in that first year back. You could get back to being pretty special if you're Brees Hall. But you're not going to really be yourself till the 2024 season. interesting quarterback situation going on in New York and in Las Vegas. And by the way, I laugh at Las Vegas. They are a stupid franchise that constantly does stupid things. Uh, Derek Carr was not your problem, is not your problem, has never been your problem. Your problem has been all the other dysfunction that's gone around. And this year, it wasn't about, I know he didn't play well down the stretch, I get it, and all quarterbacks have bad streaks and bad stretches and all that good stuff, but it was this team that was constantly giving up 13 point or more lead, uh, 13 or more or more points of a lead in the fourth quarter, and they did it several times. Crazy, crazy quarterback stories going on in the NFL. All right. Just like a lot of those BYU QBs from the 80s and 90s, only Steve Young to the extent and McMahon. McMahon did have plenty of success. McMahon just got injured by George Martin and that ended his career. But McMahon was a first class badass. OK, McMahon and, and, and Young were worse success stories. I, I get it that. Uh, um, oh, what's uh, what's the guy's name? I'm trying to remember. Uh, one of the guys that uh, put up a, a crap ton of of yardage and touchdowns, uh, Briscoe Frisco. Uh, God, oh, it's something like that. Uh, oh, I don't want to cheat and try to and try to remember the name. Somebody's probably going to come up with it because they probably googled it or whatever. Oh, man, what was his name right before Steve Young that he put up some serious stats? Oh, God. Ty Detmer, by the way, also was a BYU guy, and, and he was a, wasn't was any great or anything, I, but he lasted in the league a lot longer than I ever expected Ty Detmer would for a, for a, uh, for a, for a uh, BYU quarterback. But it was like Bobby... Roscoe, Bobby Roscoe, Roscoe Bobby, or Roscoe, no, Bobby Roscoe, I think so. No, not Fouts. Now you're going way back. Uh, it was like Bobby Roscoe or something like that or some some crap like that. I forgot the kid's name, but he put up a crap ton of yards. 
But, hell, was he the guy for the Holiday Bowl? Can you look it up for me, Sean? Holiday Bowl, BYU over Michigan. And tell me. Robbie Bosco. Robbie Bosco. Uh, 1984, he led the charge as the Cougars ran the table, finished the perfect 13-0 record. And uh, victory over Michigan in the Holiday Bowl. Pulled that shit out again, baby. Pulled that shit out again. And he was the quarterback yeah. right after Young. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and he put up a – I mean, he had a great career. Robbie Bosco was one great, great college quarterback. Okay? Forget that he didn't make it in the NFL and all that. Don't ever take away anything from a young man who here's, who performs at an incredibly high level in college. Here's so, some yeah, stats. Yes, go ahead. Uh, of course, he's a QB of the national championship team. Second in Davey O'Brien voting. Um, third in the Heisman Trophy voting. 66 touchdown passes, 8,400 passing yards. Led the nation in total offense in 84. Second in 1985. Averaged over 300 yards passing per game in two seasons as a starter. Yep. Yep. Dude was a hell of a player, bro. Hell of a player. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Roscoe's chicken and waffles. He probably inspired that. It's probably what he did. Big old McMahon apparently showed up to his first Bears training camp in a limo with his shades in all black tuxedo. Coach Mike Dicka said right then, I knew this guy was different. Yeah. Yeah. McMahon's, McMahon's a completely different cat, bro. No doubt about that. Thank you, Sean. As always, you are a stud. All right, we are out of here. Enough uh, going through my memory banks of my head here. And we got plenty of memories inside the banks. And we are blessed to have the memory banks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we thank Ira Winderman and Cameron Wolf. Andy Barons will make his return tomorrow to the program. Uh, he's gone through a lot of uh, personal stuff, and so we are obviously all behind him, and uh, he will be joining us uh, tomorrow. So we will uh, get Andy Barron's back on uh, back on track and 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 on with us uh, every week, and we'll start talking a lot more draft stuff, Dolphins wise, and all that kind of stuff. Also, uh, moving forward in that segment too. So you'll hear a lot of uh, draft and NFL and Dolphin stuff. Uh, throughout that segment there um, it'll be more of the football talk that then you twist it into a uh, a fantasy angle but it's really going to be more about draft and NFL talk all those segments from here on out anyway we thank our Winderman and Cameron Wolf Sean Stanley of course the man that masters uh, this platform every single day we will see you all tomorrow same time same place same bat channel. Love you all.